Internet, what is up? It's Monday. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Weather's getting nice. Sky's blue. Grass is green. It is allergy season, so I, I feel for everyone out there to include myself. Luckily, I'm only allergic to pine pollen, which is awesome, considering I live in the mountains. So I have to hit the Claritin or the whatever my friends hand me that they have, Allegra, whatever, the <laughs> all of the anti-allergy uh, medicine. So anyway, let's get down to business. This next episode of the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Huxworks. Huxworks stands for Human Exposure Works. Safety Co. And they are formerly known as OSS Suppressors. So they're doing they're doing great things over there at Huxworks. They've done the rebrand. The rebrand looks great. The website looks great. And what are they doing? They're restructuring the, the former entity of OSS. And they are not only continuing to do amazing suppressor technology for weapon systems with their patented flow-through tech, which keeps all the gas out of your face, which is great. Anybody that shoots a lot of suppressed rounds, has suppressors, other companies' suppressors, knows that you will get sprayed in the face with a lot of gas coming back through your gas system. You have to put, you have to modify your weapon sometimes by putting an adjustable gas block on there, adjustable gas bolt in some cases. So yeah, you have to, you have to make other modifications to the weapon sometimes to get it to run like it needs to run with baffled can designs. And so Huxworks kind of broke the mold with their flow-through tech and their baffless suppressor design. It, it vents all the gas out the front. It keeps you from having to modify your weapon, and it keeps your bolt from over-accelerating, putting extra wear on your parts, and keeps the gas out of your face. So overall, a really great win. They're also pretty quiet. So if you want more data, I'd recommend checking out uh, Pew Science. And uh, he does pretty comprehensive data collection on all suppressors. And you'll see that Huxworks cans are always in the top of the mix uh, for test criteria and uh, what their capabilities are. So if you want unbiased data, not that I'm biased, but these guys are my homies and they do make a good product. But I need to be completely honest and transparent. They're also paying me. So there is that. I am now officially, myself, as well as the podcast, is now officially sponsored by Huxworks. So I will be transparent about that. But I don't use gear that sucks. I just don't. And I don't say nice things about gear that sucks. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a pretty authentic and open guy. And I will definitely tell you exactly how I feel about something to include other human beings in my life or in my constellation. Nobody ever really has a question about where they stand with me. I try to be pretty honest with people. Sometimes that melts other humans' faces off. But that said, I really like their products and they, they do a good job. There's a reason why I, you know, I'm going to be doing media and design projects with them in the future. And they are now sponsored the podcast. So I'm so happy about that. So the brand new brand looks good. The new products that are coming are going to be, they're going to be amazing. So go swing over to Huxworks. You can find them at, yeah, huxwrx.com. Or you can find them at the gram at Huxworks. So go check them out on the gram. Go check out their website. They've got some killer merch. My friend Jay over there is killing it with the merch. The website looks great. Swing over there. Give them a check if you are in the market for a new suppressor or you just want to get some killer merch. Okay, go check them out. They've got some great hats and some great t-shirts going on right now. Okay, that wraps up business. So let's get the fuck after it. Things are getting tougher when you can't get the top off the bottom of the barrel. Why not bet? We're all about the future now. Look at fucking now.
welcome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it's been it's been, we've had this we've had this plan in the making for, for yeah, You got mad at me last time. Really? <laughs> well, I think in my defense we had plans and Well, that's hard to do. I mean, you got you over, yeah. I think you overbooked a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to do a bunch of stuff and you know, I come in for a week. And so it's and I mean, the first couple couple of days I'm tired, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just jet lag and mess, but like I you know, doing stuff like this, or I like to be fresh, which I feel pretty good today. Yeah. But like when we had talked last time, I was like, man, I know you were you were I'm wrung so, out. I'm so tired. You're, yeah, you were wrung out. So it was, you know, it was like my, it wasn't the first time I came in, but it was the second time. But it was like the first like whole week, mm-hmm. so I was like really excited, and mm-hmm. uh, it was just a lot going on. So yeah, it's fine. But we're here now. So. Yeah, I broke your balls a little bit, and yeah. we mo- we moved on in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we yeah. moved we moved on. Had some, what'd you think of Slackwater? Good. Yeah. I was impressed with the barbecue pizza. You were a little skeptical yeah, at first. Yeah, I was talking junk. You're like, Obviously, uh, I know barbecue probably more than anybody else I, would even listen to this yeah, podcast. I would agree with that. So, funny story about barbecue. Uh-huh. So, we have this place called Parker's Barbecue uh-huh. back home, and it's like world famous, right? Yeah. And it's like 20 minutes from my house. Well, my wife is from Las Vegas, and her sister still lives out there. They got married, so we flew out there for the wedding uh-huh. a couple of years ago. And uh, I had walked into this gas station, and, you know, of course, I had this, like, super thick southern draw, mm-hmm. and this girl, this woman that was working, she was like, hey, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, you ever heard of this place called Parker's Barbecue? I'm like, yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I, I have. I, I, like, I live 20 minutes. Like, are you kidding me? That's the best food. It was just, it's just mm-hmm. like North Carolina is known for their barbecue. Yeah. So. It's a small world. Yeah, so North Carolina. is. I, I lived in North Carolina for a hot minute once upon a time. And, uh, yeah, I, I live, like, up on the coast, though. Um, Where at? Uh, up north of Wilmington in um, – North Topsail? Yeah, yeah, Topsail. Oh, that's, yeah. My favorite. that's actually my favorite beach. Yeah. That's where our family goes every year. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, nice. I lived up there for a minute. And I got to, I got acclimated – or I got acquainted with – I should say acquainted with uh, North Carolina. But I got to be honest, like, Topsail's nice, but – I would have to say my favorite place that I went to was Asheville. Oh yeah, man, it's up really there nice on the there. like where uh, the Blue Ridge and the Smoky Mountains kind of come together right yep. there. Like, I really loved some Asheville. Yeah, we we go up there, um, camp and hike and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a place we go uh, go called Max Patch, which yeah. I think I have it closed now because, like most stuff, people ruin it, and mm-hmm. trashing it, and yeah. taking dumps and pissing everywhere and just messing stuff up. But uh, it's like it was a cow pasture that was like. I want to say the 1700s. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole top of this, like, just, I guess it's a mountain, but it's not really like a mm-hmm. big mountain, but it's like in the middle and there's valleys all the way around it. Yeah. And so you can like really see, like, it's got 360 really good view. And so it's just like big bald area mm-hmm. and like people just go out there and camp and it's really nice. We uh we went year before last. The wind was blowing like 60 miles an hour. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> you love the wind. My wife didn't like it, yeah. but I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was it was great. Yeah, that was the one part of North Carolina. Like that became one of my favorite places on the East. Coast. I'm not a big East Coast fan at all. I've like I've lived in Atlanta. I lived in North Carolina. I've been to Savannah several times because I have friends at Ranger Bat down there for a long time. They're all retired and gone now, or transferred to different units. But um, <clears throat> spent a lot of time in Savannah. Yeah, where else I've been? Been down to Florida several times. South Carolina. It's really hot. Yeah, I, I, there's a few places on the on the East Coast and down in the South that I'm 
that I like. Asheville is definitely one of those places that I was like, this is amazing. I also like uh, in and around uh, Nashville. Mm-hmm. I've been down in uh, Oak Ridge too, uh, which is just on the just it's just a little mm, I think west southwest of um, Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoyed that area. But yeah, the East Coast uh, mainly I'm not a fan of. Like I usually only go there. People are paying me to go there. <laughs> what else? I I do. There's two places left on the East Coast that I haven't been yet out of all of them, and that's uh, Vermont and Maine. Of course, people always yell at me because they're like, oh, that's the two best places on the East Coast. Yeah, I've you never know? been to Maine, but I have a, yeah. uh, a best friend. She's from there. She actually lives in South Carolina mm-hmm. now, but her family's from there. And, yeah. like, growing up, you know, hearing her talk about us, I think it's really nice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to go. I think it's America's vacation state. I think that's their slogan. What is Maine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. I've heard it's, like, wild and crazy there. So, like, it's a lot of. Like, you just have population and then nothing, and then it's just, like, national forest, and then you've got Canada. <laughs> so, One of uh, one of the the conversations we were having about community earlier, mm-hmm. one yeah. of my friends that we – this is a good friend of mine. They live, yeah. like, 10 minutes. They have, like, 25 acres. They have, yeah. like, uh, livestock and stuff. Uh, he, he's from Rhode Island, mm. and uh, I think that's pretty nice. That's where all the rich New Yorkers were trying to go during mm. the pandemic. They wouldn't let them in. <laughs> like their little vacation homes, they were nice. like, dude, they had like roadblocks, like mm. checkpoints and everything there. It was was, pretty wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they don't mess around over there. No. Yeah, I've heard like uh, New, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. They don't they don't play around. Mainly so in Maine and New Hampshire. But I'm gonna, yeah, I've got people that I know over in Vermont. One of my favorite listeners of the podcast, old Meg Miko Monte, she's down on the gram. She's I'm gonna have to get over there and visit because she's got a she's over there in Vermont. So I'm gonna go check. Go check it out one of these days. Cool, man. I'm gonna come see Meg. Guess I hated Bernie Sanders too. No, probably not. Probably, probably oh. not. I mean, maybe to push him down some You're stairs. See one of his houses. <laughs> Many houses. Yeah, one of his 42 houses. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Cool. Well, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Uh, my name is Jonathan Griswold, and I don't do anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm Jonathan Griswold. Uh, I own um, Grizzly River Art. I'm a graphic designer. I've been doing graphic design for about seven years. I've been drawing since I was a kid. And this year, at the beginning of January, I started with Black Rifle Coffee full-time. Nice. So I'm doing all kinds of stuff for old Heaven mm-hmm. Hafer. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, sir. Married, my, my wife Erin, and we have a four-month-old boy named Jasper James. Awesome. He rules my life now. That's a hell of a name, Jasper James. He's going to be like a – he's either going to be like a famous outdoor explorer, like mountain man, or he's going to be an outlaw. Yeah, so uh, – He sounds like a gunfighter. Yeah, so Jasper was my grandfather, who's, who passed away about about five years now. And then James was her grandfather. Oh, nice. So that's, where we, that's where we got a name. I like Pretty that. simple, but it sounds cool. So. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So – yeah, Jasper James. People are probably gonna call him JJ. Yeah, we're we're not gonna call him that. Yeah, we decided we didn't want to call him that, but I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll be called that. Yeah, I'm his, sure. his buddies are gonna. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. He's cool, man. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's four months. We just took him to the doctor, and he's like, right at sixteen, almost sixteen pounds. Mm. He's a little chunky dude. Yeah, doing well. Yep, doing well. Keeps us up, up every two or three hours. Mm-hmm. So he's a handful, but he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I miss him. I, miss, I just want a moment of. Peace and quiet, but mm-hmm. then when I get it, I'm like, man, I don't want to be away from this guy. So. I mean, yeah, it's not. That's going to be a double-edged sword that you're going to deal yep. with for the next 18, 20 years probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, being a dad's an amazing thing. It's like the best. It's the best thing ever. 
I tell Josh Rollerson, mm-hmm. he's he lives in Virginia Beach. He yeah. he's uh, works with us too, and um, he's they're getting ready to be parents. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, it's the greatest and hardest thing you'll ever mm-hmm. do. And that is to me, it's not like the physical thing. Like I don't really sleep much yeah. anyways, but like the mental part, where it's yeah. like. Like, I can't stand here and I'm mm-hmm. cry because it bothers me really bad. Yeah. And you don't know what's wrong. But it's just like, it's tough, man. You'll it's adapt. like you worry about them. Yeah. Like, You'll adapt a little bit more to that. Like, it's still pretty new. I mean, he's only four months old, so this is still yeah. pretty. This is brand new oh, for yeah. you guys. So sure. You guys will adjust a little bit more to that as he gets older. And as he gets older, like, things will get easier. He'll become a little bit more fun um, when he starts, like, getting more of a personality and then, like, like you, you'll watch, you'll be able to watch him like watch things or like pick up on things and le- and he might be doing it already, but like learning how to like do things. I remember that part of being a dad when my son was young was awesome. Like just watching him discover, you know. Yeah, he's gotten the, he's gotten he knows my voice mm-hmm. and he can he can track me across the room and he yeah. he like I don't know if he when he sees me like I also maybe like ten feet away mm-hmm. I don't know if he knows mm-hmm. he recognizes me. But when I speak, he, he like, immediately starts, like, smiling. So, mm-hmm. I know, like, and that's, like, when he starts doing, now that he started yeah. doing that, it's, yeah. like, man, it's, like, awesome because it's, like, man, he, know, he knows yeah. me. So. Yeah, and it gets it gets better as yeah. time. It gets better as yeah, time. I'm goes. freaking pumped, dude. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, I, I want him to stay this age, but at the same time, I'm ready for it to get a little older so we can go, like, fishing and oh, yeah. hunting that's, and all that stuff. That's when things get fun is yeah. when they get. And he can do work. Yeah, exactly. less work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when he's, uh. When he's older, it's, it gets it gets a little bit more fun as uh, time goes on, and there's like phases that will be that you guys will absolutely love, and and uh, it's a good time, super rewarding. So, yeah, love, yeah, absolutely love my my kid. I just put up a post of him on uh, Instagram. I said the best job I ever had. I was like a day that I took him to the range shooting. I had him shooting pretty young. I started shooting guns when I was like seven. My dad got me into shooting guns when I was seven, and. Uh, I think I got him into it when he was like four or five. I started him a lot younger than I was. And um, how old is he now? He just turned fifteen. Oh, nice. Yeah, he just turned fifteen this month. This last Getting month. Getting grown so. man stage now. He, he probably thinks so. Ah, yeah, we so, all did. Yeah, yeah. It's a different ball game now, but he. I can't even believe it. I can't. There's days where I look at it and I'm like, I mean, because I still have all of his like baby photos. Like I have every photo of him from his from the time he. Popped out of the vagina until <laughs> hey until four months yeah videos and photos yep. seven hundred of them in his phone right now mm-hmm. and I, I it's I don't care what people think listen to this mm-hmm. it's my kid mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh, some of them I need to go through because they're like duplicate stuff but I have from the time he was born till this probably last what was it last Christmas I have four thousand pictures of him I think. dang and videos man that's wild yeah yeah so what I'm gonna do for him when he turns 18 what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go through these uh photos and i'm gonna like cherry pick the really good ones and i'm gonna make him a book of photos i have some like poetry that i've written him that he's never seen before and i have like some like um just dad advice stuff that i've like handwritten and so what i'm gonna do is i'm like i got a notebook of it and i'm gonna like take pictures of it and then i'm gonna have it like put in this book so he'll like go through and it'll be like chapter one it'll be like one through five years old and it'll be you know him and all the pictures I have of him, and then I'll have like little poems and stuff that I've written him over the years. That'd be cool. Put in there so that when he graduates, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand him that book when he graduates from high school and be like, here you go, here's your here's your chronology. Knowing what I was like at that age, he I don't know how much he'll appreciate it, but later in life, 
I will 100% yeah. appreciate it. Well, I'm going to make two copies, one for me and yeah. one for him because knowing how I was when he was a kid, like when I was his age, you're exactly right. When I was 18, I didn't give a damn about anything yeah. except, uh, you know, camping and shooting guns and driving my car. And It's amazing how we come for full circle, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the white New Balance shoes yet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I can tell yeah. like the things that I love are – the things that I used to hate when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. Yeah. Like being at home, gardening, my chickens, mm-hmm. my son, my mm-hmm. wife. Like I don't – I'm like a hermit, man. I don't – I mean, I love coming here and doing stuff, but the whole time I'm here, I'm, I'm ready to be back home. Yeah. Right? And it's like I like cooking, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, taking care of my home and doing all this stuff and stuff I used to hate. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's a circle, man. It's all a circle. Now, I know everybody's not like that, but I guess – I mean, I I am. I when I was growing up, uh, you know, growing up in a, I grew up on a little small ranch in Wyoming, and we had every animal known to mankind. And I was on the rodeo team, and like I did all this stuff when I was a kid, and I ha- I I got to where I hated it, and um, just wasn't it just wasn't me. And then the town felt so small and so constricting and so boring, and I just wanted to get out really bad and see the big wide world and adventure. And part of the reason why I joined the military because I was like. You're going to pay me to shoot guns, wear camouflage, and I get to go see the world. Oh, Fucking yeah. sign me up yep. right yep. now. So, you know, I, I thought it was a great deal. I couldn't see myself sitting. I mean, I was terrible at school. I mean, plenty smart, but just couldn't. It just didn't hold my interest. I was the same way. And I didn't know what kind of civilian job I wanted. I was like, I couldn't see myself. I couldn't picture myself in an, any type of civilian job. Like, even as a police officer or as a firefighter, I was like, nothing really held my interest except for the military yeah and you know the the promises of high adventure and so you know around the world and so i was like i don't see myself doing any of this and you want me to go sit in more classrooms for another four years yeah i tried the whole college thing i couldn't yeah <laughs> nope i i the way i grew up i grew up in like a mm-hmm. deeply religious family mm-hmm. like we didn't have a tv like my mom and my sisters didn't cut their hair. Mm-hmm. They wore dresses. Like, they didn't wear jewelry or makeup. Like, we couldn't – we would go to the beach and have to wear clothes. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was wild. I learned a lot of good things growing up like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the things I was taught kept me from making a lot of bad decisions, permanent, mm-hmm. scarring, life-scarring decisions. Yeah. Probably because I was just scared to death of mm-hmm. catching a disease or getting hooked on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back then I hated it. But looking back now, I'm thankful for it. You know, there was things that I missed out on that I wish I could have experienced. But when when I, I when I moved out at 17, all I wanted to do was just like go nuts, mm-hmm. and that's basically what I did from mm-hmm. the time I was 18 to like 2021 was, you know, working part time jobs and blowing all my money. Mm-hmm. You know, just being irresponsible. But um, yeah, the college thing I didn't care about, and so when I turned like 20. It was 20. It was right when I met my wife. Uh, I actually tried to get in the Coast Guard. Mm. I know people are going to bust my balls about that. (laughs) But, like, I wanted to do, like, I didn't want to go fight somebody else's war. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do, like, border protection. Yeah, you want to protect the country. Yeah, Yeah. and I wanted to do, like, rescue work, right? And so, like, I I went through, like, MEPS and all that, Mm -hmm. and I, like, did did well and everything, Mm -hmm. and my last thing was my eye exam. Mm -hmm. Failed it, man. I have terrible eyes. Mm. I think, like, the worst I thought you could have to pass was like negative 8.0 or something. And mine was like negative 9.0. Mm. And so I didn't get in and I 
moved on to something else. You're so. not the only person I've had. Uh, I know quite a few fellas. My f- one of my, my really good friends that just lives south here, down in St. George, um, Danielle and uh, Marcus, who have been on the podcast. They're both they're amazing people. Um, he had the same thing. He had the same issue where he couldn't. He tried. He tried everything. Tried to. He tried to just get signed up with everybody. Just kept going back and going back. And <laughs> they were like, "No, get out of here. You can't see shit." Yeah. He's got a weird astigmatism. Well, no, it's a. He's got some type of um eye f- weird eye disease where his eyes are not. They're like shaped really. Like like an egg oblong yeah yeah it's astigmatism yeah. that's yeah. what I have yeah 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 so he he's got some weird stuff like I, ha- I have like a high um, possibility of like retina detachment mm. and all that so yeah my eyes are terrible like if I took my contacts out wouldn't be able to see anything huh? I could hold my hand out and I I couldn't tell how many fingers yeah. I was holding up yeah ironically and I'm in a profession that you need to be able to see well yes yeah and I I so I'm I'm struggling through this like aging process I turned 45 this weekend. Mm. Turn forty-five. So, hey man, look at it this way: five more years, you'll be fifty. I know. Don't just think about it. <laughs> just think about it. <laughs> oh, that sounds gnarly, dude. Yeah, fifty. I know. It used to sound. I mean, fifty-year-old dudes were like so old back in the day, and now I like. You know, I had this conversation with Rudy Reyes, who's a good friend of mine at the Shot Show, and that dude is still like just a specimen of a human. And he's like, "Yeah, life's really just getting started for me at 50. And I mean. Dude is just like he's a Hulk and he's like carved out of stone and just great dude. But I just was like, uh, he did put things in perspective for me in terms of like age is just kind of a number and and if you take good care of yourself and you work out and you you know eat your eat your vegetables and your vitamins, you, like you you won't have the you know the um the problems that like I think excuse me problems that were probably inherent when we were kids. Like watching, I, I remember like seeing dudes in their fifties or sixties when they were. You know, when I was, I remember when I was younger and like looking at these guys, you know, when I was a teenager, like younger and they, they looked like old, broken down, yeah. frail, like hair was gray by that time. And like, and I'm getting a little salt and pepper in the beard here. But other than that, like, dude, I took my hat off. I can show you. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. I you saw, do have it. you I do saw, have some good hair. Go yeah. I, I saw, uh, I saw a meme the other day. It was like, it said, you remember those old haggard friends your parents used to bring over to your house when you were a kid? Yeah. They were in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's yeah. true. They were. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it's a it's a true well, statement. Because you know yeah. when you're a kid, they seem like they're mm-hmm. just old, yeah. old people, and actually they were my age now. So I'm turning yeah. 34. I turned 35 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're just a scant decade ahead of you. But uh, yeah, so I turn 45 this this weekend, and I'm not. Damn, uh, if I don't know, I brought you a birthday present. Well, I don't even worry about it. I'm, I don't. T- I don't we weren't podcasting, I wouldn't be talking about it. But uh, old age is, is just a number thing. I mean, the problem is, though, as much as I tell myself that, I've noticed my eyesight is starting to, like, I'm starting to do this thing with my phone. <laughs> well, my eyes, yes, my eyes will quit on me at a certain time. Like, usually by 9.30 or 10 o'clock, my eyes are like, we're done. Yeah, yeah we, d- we don't care what you want to look at now. We're done. And, yeah. like, I have no close focus at all. Like, it just, my eyes, oh, wow. I can sit there and, like, try and, like, grip my teeth and will my eyes to focus and they just won't the you, only got, thing, you gotta buy those glasses yeah. man. Those and the only thing that works focus. will is like if i start if i do this like hold my phone out like arms yeah. distance and then i go like this like then i can like sort of see you're you're gonna be that parent when your son brings his phone mm-hmm. you're gonna do this like your mommy's yeah yeah push it push, push, push the arm yeah. away so you push can like see what's yeah. focusing yeah. yeah that's probably what it's gonna have what it's gonna have to be and then in the, in the mornings my eyes don't work either like i need a good 
30 to 40 minutes when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, my eyes are rough in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, and they like, uh, I have a real hard time. I hope the rain stops where I leave. I have a real hard time driving at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Like, everything has halos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way my contacts are, so you know how, like, the stronger glasses are, the thicker they get, yeah. but you can't make contacts thicker. So they cut the magnification, the prescription part down so mm-hmm. it gets smaller. So at nighttime, my pupils dilate past the magnification. Oh. So I'm, like, seeing around them. So it gives, like, stuff like halos. Mm. And so when it's, like, raining and stuff, bro, it's super hard to see. Yeah, I, I typically uh, – I, I won't drive at nighttime. Mm. I'll be all right at night because it's, like, a, it's pretty lit around here. But, like, back home in the country, yeah. it's, like, there's no reflectors on the roads. You're lucky if you get stripe striping on the roads. So, like, mm-hmm. there's deer everywhere. And, yeah, I don't That sounds like a recipe to uh, crash or run yeah. over something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, no, we – yeah, this city's lit up pretty well, so you should yeah. be. And I think most of the job is like on the main highway, yeah. so it'll be all right. Yeah, it'd be cool. Where are you? Where are you staying? Where are you staying at? You staying north of here? Um, it's like a, the place. Uh, we're staying at the Airbnb. It's like a mile from Black Rifle. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really yeah. close. It's um, yeah, the streets called Ventura. It's just like a little neighborhood, mm-hmm. old yeah. suburban area. Mm-hmm. It's probably like it was built probably in the forties, probably mm. renovating a bunch of stuff. Pretty nice yeah. little area. Nice. I mean, it's turn there's the, some yeah, there's turn some the corner. And there's like homeless people everywhere, but. Mm-hmm. It's this cool little house. Yeah, there's some cute neighborhoods over there. Yeah, for sure. I used to live like right in downtown before I, before I left to go to college. I lived right in downtown for about six months, and it was interesting down there. The homeless shelter was like right across the street, and uh, I saw some very unique things. Yeah, we we have homeless people back home. Yeah. Like, I don't. I live like so. If anybody's listening, Raleigh, North Carolina is like our capital. Yeah. And so I live like thirty minute, thirty forty minutes outside of Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a big, huge area, but I live outside. I don't live in Rocky Mount, but that's mm-hmm. like I tell people, I'm like, I'm from Rocky Mount. Mm-hmm. And Rocky Mount has some homeless people, but we ha- we see the mm-hmm. same homeless people all the time. Like, they're on the same street. Like, there's a guy that we see, he's been on the same corner for, like, five years. Yeah. He's, like, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a friend that's a police officer who knows his sister who's a police officer. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's just, like, a crackhead. Like, he doesn't do any other drugs or he doesn't like do anything. He just mm-hmm. smokes crack, and so they just kind of let him be. Mm-hmm. So, but Rocky Mount. Well, that's the thing with most that I find, and you know, I try to be charitable with homeless people. Like we were pulling out tonight, and there was that girl that was standing on the yeah, side. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I felt bad about that because she's out there standing in the rain. But uh, she looked pretty young too. Yeah, most homeless situations are self-induced. Like people are addicted to drugs or like doing nefarious criminal shit, yep. and so it's. It's a self-induced thing, so, like, as much as I try and have, like, empathy and help out, you know, like, and, and I will, I'll throw uh, I'll throw some money out every once in a while, but, um, you know, if somebody's really down on their luck and I can tell, it doesn't take, you know, with the, with the military experience that I have and the, you know, the training that I've had with, like, reading human beings because they may be trying to kill you and having that training and that awareness, like, I can tell really quick looking at a person if they're, like, Somebody that needs help yeah. and deserves help, or if it's somebody that's just like a shit bag. You know? Well, I think it's like a it's like a thing you have like built into you too, because like I pass homeless people all the time, and I don't think mm-hmm. twice about it. And then I'll see somebody, and it's like something hits me, I'm like oh, mm-hmm. I probably need to help that person. Yeah, I have the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's I wouldn't say, it, and, and that comes from my dad. My dad mm-hmm. told me, look, man, if you see somebody broken down on the side of the road, stop help, help. Them, stop and help, or yeah. just see if they need help. Mm-hmm. And uh. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't help everybody. But sometimes you just, you just get that feeling like, oh, this person might need some. Probably help need some help. Yeah, I have so. the same thing. That idea. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So other than that, like, yeah, I used to live down there and it's a interesting place. Like Salt Lake, I like, it's a pretty diverse place. And it, um, the thing I like about it the most is like, you can be at the airport in 15 minutes. You can be in downtown. Like if you want to eat some really good restaurants or, you know, go, um, go adventure downtown, you can get down there pretty, pretty quick. And then if you want to be up in the mountains skiing or away from everybody, you can be yeah. up there in 15 to 20 minutes. So usually you can get, you can get around Salt Lake's got a lot to offer in terms of like a little bit of everything for everyone. And yeah. it's relatively close, which it's kind of the only city in the country that is like that. And in terms of like ease of getting out into the back country quickly, like, you know, all the good ski resorts are literally right on the mountains, just right on the edge of town. So yeah, I went and visited everybody at Fieldcraft last month when I was here mm-hmm. and it was like a great drive there. I and mean, it's like really easy, mm-hmm. pretty, it snowed while I was driving and mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And it was, it was, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy traveling around here. Mm-hmm. There were some of the roads suck really bad. Yeah. But I guess that's probably just everywhere. But yeah. it is they, coming from a DOT background. They did well, I would say. Yeah. So let's get into, you know, you, you know, basically you said you've been drawn since you're a kid, but yep. then how did you start getting into doing illustration? Cause you're self-taught, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I was, I started when I was a kid. I won't go into a lot of detail about that cause it's just, it was so long ago, but basically I just, I've always liked drawing since I was a kid. And like I said, we didn't have a TV. So I was either doing two, uh, three things. I was drawing, reading books or outside building forts in the woods. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was homeschooled, uh, homeschooled some, uh, like, like sixth grade through 11th grade. Yeah. And I went to public school, like kindergarten through I'm a sixth grade. But anyways, uh, how I got into the graphic design stuff, this was kind of weird. Um, I had kind of, I, I wasn't really doing a lot of artwork. Mm-hmm. I was still painting some. I got into like finger paintings. Like I used to do these like mm-hmm. hyper-realistic finger paintings and stuff. It was cool. Like in, like Native Americans, like Indians, like all these colors. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. And uh, how old were you when you doing that? Mid-20s. Okay. Yeah. Mid-20s. I still got all that stuff. Uh, I'll I think I got some on my Instagram. Like yeah, I'd the, love to. At I'd the bottom of the feed. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so how I got into graphic design, uh, so I got this cell phone. It was a, like a Galaxy Samsung phone. It had a stylus with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had this little drawing app. And I'll give you a little backstory of how I kind of got in the situation I was in. So I used to work for uh, a, a local county government. I did building mm-hmm. maintenance. So we took care of all the local government buildings, the jail, mm-hmm. Uh, your tax office, like all courthouse, all this stuff. And um, I was painting a stairwell one day and uh, had my back to the stairs. So the stairs, you know, went down like mm-hmm. in a spiral. And like after like four steps, it would be like a landing and another four steps and a landing. And I was painting and I stepped back and I m- stepped off. And so I like turned and mm-hmm. I like stuck my leg out to like catch myself. Mm-hmm. And I like fell and fell up against the wall. And like I, I had a lot of pain in like my hip. And so, like, you know, filed a worker's comp thing and mm-hmm. went to the doctor, and they told me I, like, pulled a muscle or whatever. And so I worked on it for, like, six months, and it got to the point, like, my leg started, like, blowing out. Like, I couldn't walk. It was popping and clicking and all this oh, stuff. Wow. And, like, yeah, I was, like, in a severe amount of pain. Like, I mean, I was, like, falling over where my leg would just mm-hmm. give out. And so I went to an orthopedic, and they did an MRI, and I had torn my labrum. Mm-hmm. I had sheared all the cartilage off the top of my femur. So I had, like, a – piece of cartilage like the size of like a 50 cent piece floating around inside of my, oh. like 
my joint socket. I bet you that hurt. Yeah. A and lot. So what it was was it was catching mm-hmm. in between like my femur and my socket, and mm-hmm. like that was where I was getting all the pain from. Mm-hmm. And plus, I had worked on it for like six months, and so I like tore that thing all to pieces. Yeah. It was so bad. The local orthopedist was like, "We can't do anything. You're gonna have to go to Duke Hospital, which is yeah. Um, some people might know Duke. They're known for like their sports and uh, so, Duke University, yep. one of the best in the country. They actually played this weekend. Car- yeah. Them and Carolina are playing in the Final Four. Oh. It's the first time they've ever met in the NCAA. That says it could be the most co- watched college sports game in history. Oh, wow. I don't really watch sports that much, but I'm definitely going to be watching that. It's a huge rivalry. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so my surgeon was their, the, their athletics top orthopedic surgeon. Nice. So I had a good surgeon. Yeah. So they looked at it and they were like, yeah, man, you're messed up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, thanks for the hot tip. Can you fix it? Yeah. So I uh, had surgery. Um, they put in like five anchors and they did micro fracture on the top of my femur. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? No. So they drill holes to mm-hmm. allow the bone marrow to come out to heal the cartilage. Okay. And then I have a bone deformity called acetabular impingement. Mm-hmm. So your, your femur at the top is supposed to be shaped like a J. Like okay. This, right. Yeah. So the outside of my femur was like a C. So I had a, like all this extra bone growth. Mm-hmm. So instead of my socket being like this, mm-hmm. and like it was like this. So I already didn't have a lot of room anyway. Oh, yeah. So I actually have it in both hips. And so when I fell, it jammed and tore it. Oh. Right? And so they shaved all that bone mm-hmm. off to like reshape my femur. Well, when I was supposed to go home in like two days or something, and they didn't want to give me a hip replacement because I was so young. This was like in 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. They did all the work, and it went good. And uh, But when I was on the operating table, somehow they had my arms, like, strapped, mm-hmm. like, kind of like I was on a cross. Yeah. And they pinched some nerve in my neck, and I couldn't use my arm when I woke up. So, oh. yeah, it was like – it was like, uh, like, like I couldn't pick up like my phone, like or a cup, like it was just like, like yeah, I like, can move it, but I couldn't like control it. Yeah, it was just like it's like worm hanging on the side, kind of like when you fall asleep on it. Wrong yeah, exactly. And, and it, like, That's exactly right. It was like numb. Yeah, like I can't. could feel it, but I couldn't like operate it. Right. And so I had to stay longer. I stayed a week, and they ended up like I had to go get an MRI for that. I'm like about to die, like in pain. Like, dude, I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. Sounds terrible. This this story. Bro, this, this story sounds terrible. Let me terrible. tell you something. It sounds terrible. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was hurting so bad from that yeah. surgery, and I've never had the best drugs. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna yeah. tell you what, dude. They they gave me some like a uh, Dilaudid, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I've had that. Dude, they pumped that stuff in me. I felt that stuff. Man, it was like you could have you could have cut every limb off my mm-hmm. body. I wouldn't have cared. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. But uh, anyways, like man. So anyways, I had that, and then finally it just kind of like. It kind of came back. Yeah. They, I guess they just, like, pinched something mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I ended up going home. I was on crutches for 10 or 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I was I never, like – I was never really a muscular guy, but mm-hmm. I was. I did build maintenance. So, I was pretty – I was pretty fit. Like, I was pretty yeah. strong. Like, my legs were pretty big. Like, I lost all my yeah. muscle mass. Like – That's a scary thing watching your muscles, like, atrophy. Dude, it was like every, every week you could see mm-hmm. it get smaller yeah. and smaller. Like – And then so building it back is a – I'm still not back to 100% from my three knee surgeries. Like, I watched my quads just, like, gone. So, I went through all that, and I went through uh, physical therapy. My wife's a physical therapist, so that helped. But I went through physical therapy for, like, six months, almost a year. Mm -hmm. 
And so I got back to work, went back to work like part-time with like mm-hmm. a lot of restrictions, and I got back to work full-time with no restrictions. Mm. Two weeks after that, I was running a clean-out machine in like a sewer line. Yeah. And I stood up and turned and left my foot planted, tore it again, went right back oh. in and had the same surgery all over again. <laughs> I didn't have the bone work, but they had to redo the anchors. They had put more anchors in and all this stuff. Went right back through rehab, crutches again, all that stuff. It was it was like it, this whole ordeal lasted like four years of my life. You and I have lived the same life then because <laughs> I bad. fell off of a um, – So I'm like in my mid-20s at mm-hmm. this time too. Dude, I f- so I fell off Devastating. This, I fell off this little embankment early season backpacking trip in the Tetons. And I've literally had the same injury in both legs, but my left one I did twice, and so you'll love this story. So I fell off this little cliff, fucking blew my kneecap off. Search and rescue has to come get me. Man. They fly me out. I go get this. I go to the hospital. They're like, yep, ruptured patellar tendon. My kneecap's mm. detached. And they're like, okay, we'll get you into surgery in two days. So they just left it splinted up. And two days later, they get me into surgery. I go into surgery. We have really great orthopedic surgeons in Jackson because of all the professional athletes and ski, you know, skiers right. and snowboarders that are there. And so they fix it. And uh, I'm doing great. And then about six, what are we in? seven weeks in, I'm like rehabbing fine. I'm actually rehabbing this leg way faster than I rehab my other one. I'm like on a great track. And then the girl I'm dating at the time, her daughter, uh, it was her 11th birthday. And she looks at me and she's like, will you please take me to ride horses? And I was like, oh, sweetie, I don't think I can get on a horse. You know, I just had knee surgery and leg's still kind of like hurting. And like, I don't think it's a good idea. And she's like, please and you know like yeah, i yeah. got i got the 11 year old like puppy guilt, dog eyes yeah, puppy dog eyes and like batted eyelashes and guilt trip and so i was like I caved in and i was like all right I'll, I'll take you to ride horses so i took her to spring creek ranch and uh got her on a horse and uh then she's like you know you've got you got to go with me and i was like oh i don't think it's a good idea for me to get on a horse sweetie and she's like no you got to go with me and i was like okay fine so of course the only horse they had left was this like new <laughs> young wow asshole wow. horse and i grew up with horses so i spotted it right away like he came they had to you know they were they brought him out and he like had his ears back already like just bringing him out of the barn he had his ears back and i'm like oh shit here we go mm. i'm like all right so they throw me on this horse this son of a bitch bucks me off <laughs> a quarter mile up the trail wow throws me up in the air come down boom blow my leg out again mm-hmm. had to go back in let me tell you how happy my doctor was and i oh <laughs> I didn't. I could imagine. Uh, he was not happy. He was like, "What the fuck were you doing?" And I was like, "I know. I'm. I didn't make the best choice." So he had to go back in. Same thing. Re-repair. Same surgery. Did you blame her for it? Same surgery. Or the horse. The horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, the horse. Horse did it to me. You know. I mean, I, t- I took extreme ownership. I'm like, what was my dumbass fault for getting on this horse? But yeah, Man, so, that sucks. Yeah. So I had the exact same thing happen to me. And. It, uh, People that have don't that don't have haven't had like any type of orthopedic surgery, they don't know the f- hell that orthopedic. It's rough, sur- man. It sucks ass. It sucks. Dude, this is well, never mind. I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> it's 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 terrible. But uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's so, good. Uh, so, anyways, I went through all that, and mm-hmm. I say all that to say I I got shuffled around because mm-hmm. I couldn't do the building maintenance stuff anymore. Yeah. So I got shuffled around in some different departments. And, like, I was trying to, like, like settle out, like, get out of the situation because it was just the way the the county handled it. Like, it was just, like, they really didn't treat me right. And it was just I, – I, 
you know, I felt like it was, I was a nuisance, mm-hmm. right? And so they had me doing some stuff that was very, like, demeaning. Like, they had me, like, cleaning bathrooms and stuff. Like, very, like, they were they were really putting it to me. Yeah. And so I ended up, I started working for the Register of Deeds, like, doing, like, birth and death certificates. And that was okay, but it was, like, a desk job. And yeah. All the people I worked with were women, which was fine. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but they were, you know, it was just, I was just a mid twenties guy, and it was just, I, I was just getting kind of burnt out, like mm-hmm. every day, eight to five, same thing every day. And so, anyways, I had got the cell phone, and so I was trying to, I started kind of looking like what I could do, find another job, and, um, you know, I, I would sit at my desk, I'd be kind of bored, and mm-hmm. so I like, I got this new phone, and it had a little drawing app on it, and so I started like sketching stuff like fish because mm-hmm. i'm a huge fly fisherman and i like wildlife and so i started sketching these little fish on my phone and i started posting them to my instagram mm-hmm. and uh a guy from las vegas had said hey man like commented on the pictures like hey man are, are you selling prints of these and i was like uh no i said i i guess i i could get it printed and sell you a print i guess mm-hmm. he's like yeah i really i really would like a print and i think it was like a a print of like a trout or something mm-hmm. it was like a hand like a guy holding a trout or something so i had it printed sent it to him i don't even remember what i charged him maybe like i don't know 25 dollars or something who knows and so uh, i kept drawing fish i post and then like i had more people start asking about prints and i was like hmm, maybe i got something here maybe might make a little side money right. or something so i started like really getting into it mm-hmm. like i was like getting real serious like drawing on this little bitty phone screen and I was starting getting like pretty decent at like mm-hmm. detail, like all this stuff. And then I started having people like asking me like commission work, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, can you do like a sailfish, or can you do a red drum, or uh, you know, pompano, or something?" And blah blah blah, tarpon. And so I was like drawing this stuff on my phone, and and I started selling these prints for like seventy five bucks, and I started making like limited run prints. And like, you were drawing on your phone? On my phone. Yep, on my phone. Like this little bitty stylus that was like well the length of the phone, mm. like four or five inches long or whatever. And uh, I'll show you some of the pictures, that, some of the last ones I did on the mm. phone before I got my computer. Anyway, so I started having people asking about it. And I started making these limited prints, like signing them and numbering them and like, you know, framing them. And I started like, I think one of the prints I sold to somebody in Denmark. It was pretty crazy. It was like I drew like this fly, like a lure, mm. like a little fishing fly. And so then I started having people asking about like T-shirt designs. Mm-hmm. I was like. Man, I don't know anything about t-shirts. And I was like, well, I have the skills to draw, but I don't know. I, I have no idea. And so I started looking into it. And so I, um, I ended up getting a computer. That was the last one I did on my cell phone. Oh, wow. You did that on your phone? Yep. On my cell phone. <laughs> yep. That Holy was, shit. That was the last one I did. I did it for somebody for their birthday, I think. Oh, wow. That's impressive. So uh, anyways... So I got a computer, and uh, it was a Surface Pro 4, and I downloaded, like, Photoshop and Illustrator, and uh, when I opened the programs up, I was like, nope, ain't, ain't no way. There's no way I could learn these programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like like a jumbo jet, like the, mm-hmm. the dash panel mm-hmm. of, like, a, a major aircraft. Like yeah. All these buttons, and, all, and I'm just like, there's no way I'll learn this. So I like turned it off and I was like, man, this is a nightmare. And so I started like getting online. I started looking. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I got to make some money. I got to figure something out. 
And so I got online. YouTube went to YouTube University. Yeah, went to YouTube University. I've, yep. I, I go there all the time. Yep. And so uh, I slowly started learning all this stuff and started doing some, you know, work for some like little small small business companies mm-hmm. and I started getting pretty good at it. And it just kind of took off from there. And uh, I remember standing in the living room of our house. And this was like probably like a year after I had started doing this. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, I was like, I had started like reading articles about how to get like noticed. And like mm-hmm. at this time I had like started, I think I had started my Instagram account, my Grizzly River art. And uh, I was like, if I can, if I can get noticed by one company, like a big company, not like a little company, but like mm-hmm. a, like a bass pro shop. Cause I was doing a lot of wildlife stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a bass pro shops or something. Like I've, I've read these articles. Like if they hire you, they'll, it's basically they'll keep you. Mm-hmm. Right. So this like, you're, you're, I think one of the, some article I read called like landing a whale. Like yeah. You basically, once you get to that point, it's like, it's like homeward bound. Like yeah. you're, you're good. So I was like, if I could just like continue to build up a little bit, a mm-hmm. little bit, and I could finally land one of these companies, I'll be good. I remember telling my wife that that was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I started <laughs> just doing stuff for all these little companies and doing sticker designs. And some of the first stuff I did to get my name out there, I was doing free stuff. So I yeah. would, Find these companies. As you do to get your name out yep. there. Yeah. So I, I would find these companies I like, and I'll reach out to them on Instagram or email them and be like, hey, I did this design. You can have it uh, if you want it for like a sticker or a T-shirt. And one of the first ones I did was a fly fishing company. It was like a subscription box. Mm-hmm. You pay like $25 a month and you get a box, and they would have stickers and stuff. So I did a sticker design for them. I was like, hey, you can have this for your box. And I put my Instagram handle on the sticker. So it was like free advertisement yes. or whatever. And so they like like two months later, box came to my door, and there was my sticker, and I picked up a bunch of followers from that, and started doing stuff like that, and reaching out to people, and yeah, that was that was kind of the beginning. That's kind of how I got started. What is your what's your current tool set look like now? Like, what are you using to draw them now? I moved over to uh, so I had worked on the uh, on the Surface Pro, mm-hmm. and so when I when I started working for Black Rifle. I asked the guys what they used, and they used iPads. They used Procreate. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of be on the same page with them uh, because I wanted to be fluid. Mm-hmm. And so I got the iPad, and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. That thing, man, Procreate, everything else is obsolete. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's it, what I use. It's um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, it's, it. I don't I even know how to, like, describe yeah. it. Like, the stuff that used to take me 40 hours – literally takes me two hours now yeah like just the brushes and like how easy it is to navigate and use stuff yeah it's um, pretty it's pretty intuitive man it's wow yeah it's i love it i got turned on to it at design school in uh san francisco and <clears throat> i've tried to do i've i can't i can't make the jump to photoshop or illustrator like i love procreate for at least for at least for doing like product design stuff if i have to like if I have to lay something out, like uh, we use, what is it? Uh, there's some Adobe program we use. InDesign? Yeah, we use InDesign for mm-hmm. that. And then, um, So I, I use Procreate to do all like my heavy lifting mm-hmm. stuff, my drawing, yeah. my illustrating. But I still use Photoshop and Illustrator for like clean well, up. Fine tuning. Yeah, fine yeah. tuning. Yeah. Because uh, it's got all like the, it's just it's just better for that. Yeah. You know, setting it up for print, print mm-hmm. ready stuff. No, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Adobe has its place, but in terms of just like knocking out some fire art right away, like it's just, there's no replacement for it. Like I would love to almost the 
Cookie Monster one I did for you, I would love to redo that in Procreate to see how much different it would look. It looks great. I love the design. Mm-hmm. Oh, but what did it, you do that in? Did you do that in Photoshop? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hand drew it in Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you should you should give it a try. But or, it's or, like Photoshop is so clunky drawing mm-hmm. versus, man. Yeah, it's night and day. Dude, it, 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 is like, it has like yeah. shot my like abilities through. Like it's just, yeah. it's really giving me like the tools to like really learn yeah, new stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. There's a, um, so there is a program that I use on iPad too because um, for like 3D, for 3D CAD stuff. People always ask me, well, like, what do you use for this? And like, yeah, like SolidWorks and Fusion, or what is it? Uh, SolidWorks and, uh, yeah, I think it's Fusion. On there's there's these there's these certain 3D programs, and SolidWorks is like the main one that everybody uses to do 3D CAD stuff. But what I found is that there's a there's a program on the iPad called uh, Shaper 3D, and it is like the Procreate for 3D modeling. And so it's just super intuitive. I mean, it's just like I need to look into that. It's amazing. Like I can just like whip stuff up. You pick it up really quick. They have really great tools that are easy. And then what you do is like you can just save it. I can save it so I can whip up, like you're saying, like the basic really good form of what I want and dimension it and everything, and like get it like ninety percent there. And then I can convert it to like a step file, and export it to uh, to SolidWorks or to Fusion, and then I can take it from 90 to 100% and make it, like, get it ready for tooling and production-ready shit. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I, I love those two programs. Procreate Procreate, and Shaper 3D are my two. Yeah, uh, I just started messing with the animation yeah. stuff in Procreate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a few little things, like uh, the the Tacticock I did for mm-hmm. Black Rifle yeah. that's gotten pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an animation of him where he's actually shooting the gun. Mm. And so it's like the 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 – the casings are ejecting out of oh, the, cool. the AR this, yeah. and his fingers moving nice. and then like there's fire coming out of the barrel. It's oh, like pretty, it's like took me like an hour or two, but it's really like, it's a jip. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really choppy, but it's meant to be kind of like that. Yeah. So, and then I did um, one, um, I just did this on my own. This wasn't commissioned, but Andrew, the half face blades, yeah. they had a um, collab with Defcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They dropped that spill the blood knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice blade. Like I try to get one. I, I, I think I, Try to check out in 45 seconds and it was sold out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted one of those knives so bad. But uh, I added blood to it running and dripping into a puddle. Yeah. Did you see that? How the fuck? Dude, I'm telling you, man, some say. people don't see my stuff and I don't understand. Like people that I work with, mm-hmm. people who follow me that I engage with all the time, never see my stuff. You know, that's because you're getting fucking shadow banned probably. Well, you know, I got shut down a couple months ago. You got your page, an artist page. Got oh, yeah, shut bro. Down. Grizzly River Art got shut down. Oh, yeah, bro. What did they, wh- why did they shut you down? What, did, what was the reasoning? What there did they is. say? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, looks great. So I keep politics off my page. And we've had this yeah. discussion before. Yep. I don't care what people's political beliefs are. I think some people are stupid with uh-huh. their political beliefs, but that is, hey, man, we live in America and. If we were all the same, it wouldn't mm. be fun. So, I, But I don't get into politics. I think it's bad for business. I am into politics, but mm. I do not let my business get into politics. I will discuss politics with anybody, but I'm not going to put it on my page. Yeah. so I, I agree with that. Um, I try to stay very apolitical with at least my my product side. Like ODG. Yeah. I mean, people can read through the lines probably, but like I try, I try, I'm the same way. I don't. Yeah. Now, I'll be in between the lines about mm-hmm. it, but I'm not going to post something nope. but like. 
you know, go yeah. Trump or yeah. go this or go that or yeah. go Biden or yeah. I'm not. That, that ain't that ain't nobody's a. That ain't nobody's yeah. business, and it's just mm-hmm. that ain't artwork. That ain't why people follow me. So yeah. I'm not gonna do it. So I got shut down because of one comment. My one political jab that I make on some video. It was a video of Joe Biden talking about vaccine mandates, delaying vaccine mandates for federal workers until mm-hmm. after Christmas. Right? That's what the video was. Mm-hmm. And I said something along the line of, yeah, that's like saying enjoy one last Christmas before the firing squad. That's all I said. And I guess the algorithm picked up firing squad. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up one morning. I couldn't get on my page. I was like, what in the world? Is like Instagram down? So I got on like Twitter. I was like, Instagram down? No. And I like, I text somebody. I was like, hey, can you see my Instagram? And they were like, I can see your page, but I can't see any of your posts. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, man, I bet, I bet I got shut down. And so I for was like, one comment, yep, that was like left like a month prior. And so I was, I couldn't, I didn't know, I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, I didn't even know that's what the reason was. I just mm-hmm. knew I was shut down. And I was like, man, like I was like racking my brain, like what in the world could it be? Like I don't, I don't know. And so uh, I started looking online. It was like, you can view uh, your account status. Mm-hmm. So I went to my account status, and then it says my violation was for this comment. It said I was inciting violence and self-harm. I'm like, bro. Self-harm. Self-harm. I'm like, and I knew that obviously one person didn't read it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy. Because it, mm-hmm. it was hyperbole, man. It was a joke. Yeah. And I wasn't saying anybody need to be put in front of a firing squad. Right. But what it was is the algorithm just picked up the word firing squad and saw that it was, you know, it's a violent term mm-hmm. without context. So I reached out to a couple of people, I'm not going to say their names, um, and asked if they had any connections about getting pages back because some of them had had their pages shut down. And one of the people, they called me and uh, I said, hey, I was like, my page got shut down. I was like, they said I, it was because of some comment and he was like, Bro, it's, that's not the reason. He said the reason is, is because you've picked up about 3,000 followers over the past couple of months, and someone more than likely spam reported your account. Mm-hmm. And so they, they probably go up there, see people you do work for, they see the con- your artwork, even though it's artwork, it's artwork they don't like with, you know, guns mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so they, you know, there's like these troll bandits that go out here and they're, they're buddies and mm-hmm. they, they find these pages and they all spam report. And then what it is is Instagram does a review of your page, mm-hmm. your history, and they find something that, that breaks guidelines, and then that's the excuse they use to ban Yeah. Right? And he was like, don't worry about it. We'll get your page back. He's like, just send me a screenshot of your page, and like your full name and all that stuff. Ended up getting it back 24 hours later. Uh, that situation never happened. I just got it back. Mm-hmm. And so um, I actually submitted a review Yeah. Uh, for that. Just, you know, say, hey, you guys messed up on this. And it's still sitting in there since December and nobody's looked at it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of similar to what happened with mine is like I had, I don't know. I, I definitely remember I got the flagged warning. Like I got, I got the warnings like on two occasions. But that was it. Just two occasions that I saw these like warnings. And uh, I was actually messing with my good friend Griff at Combat Flip Flops. Mm-hmm. He's one of my best friends. And, uh. Him and I talk shit to each other all the time in the comments section, you know, and joke oh, yeah. around. And it's nothing like, yeah, 
super inappropriate that would melt your, you know, it's like, it's, it was nothing crazy. And I told him cause his, his girlfriend, um, his girlfriend's Hawaiian and she's amazing and fantastic human being and, uh, is a gym rat and is very fit and she's, she's a badass in the gym. And so I was fucking with him cause we were talking about, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, I'm going to pay your girlfriend to kick your ass cause she lifts more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you I get kick your ass for it. Yeah. So then I get flagged and then immediately like get logged out of my page yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? And so then, you know, it was late and I was tired and you know, so I'm like, whatever. So I put, like put my phone on the charger. I go to sleep, get up the next morning, try and log into my page. Page is gone. Uh, and then I'm able to see the back end. Same thing. Like you were just saying where I could like log in and like, look, and I had 14, infractions good lord yeah 14 i was doing good 14 and you know what they were half of them were me talking shit to skunk works who's <laughs> dr chasington farnsworth who's a fucking great friend of mine and then the other half were me talking to you know talking shit to griff and it was all in fun like laughing face emojis on all my comments but like yeah they were giving me the you're inciting violence you know it's hate speech. <laughs> I got flagged for hate speech or inciting violence for fucking basically talking trash to my two really good friends. And I'm like, really, Instagram? Like, you have full access to everything so you can see that we follow it's each other. It's not people, man. It's not people. Yeah. That's the problem with it. Bro, we live in a simulation. You do know that, right? Yeah. We're in a circus. <laughs> we're in a circus run by, yeah. you know, like, we all saw the Terminator movies. That's yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Skynet. Dude, uh, fucking, I think Joe Rogan was yeah. talking about there's a whole Reddit page of nothing but bots arguing with each other. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I looked it up. I have to see if I can find it. It's nothing but bots. They're arguing with each other. The bots are arguing with each other. Yeah, there's no real people in, yeah. the, in the thread. I think it was Joe. I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was talking about it. Yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, man, we dude. It's, uh, yeah, and you know, I'm I can't bash Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's gotten a lot worse. It's gotten really bad. I mean, I'll do it for you. But I'll it, bash the shit out of them for you. But Instagram allowed me to get, help me get, I said, I don't want to use the word allowed, help me get to where I am. Right. And I'm not saying that I couldn't have found some other avenue to take, mm -hmm. but man, it was really easy. To, I, say, well, I say easy. It helped me reach the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, right? it has. Uh, Dude, it could be, it could be like one of the coolest, greatest things like it used to be. Yeah, the platform used to be amazing before all the interference and cancel culture and like uh, and censorship shit that's going on. It's just you can't tell me uh, based on what what I know and what I've I've experienced with the platform because I think I first got on the platform in 2014, and in the last like whatever yeah, like eight years now, like watching where it started versus like where we're at now. It's a night and day difference, and yes, these are algorithms, but humans are programming the. the oh yeah, 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 these, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's not like human eyes like looking at these comments, like, oh, yeah, messed up. Well, I want to know what their review process is, because like you just mentioned, like I clicked this for review and it just sat in there. All of my 14, there were some that were, uh, so all these 14 things that were in that they said that they did wrong, these infractions. I went down the line and I was just like, review, 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 and then the next day I went back and checked. I didn't get any email notifications. I didn't get any warnings. I didn't get any like call from anybody at Instagram like saying, "Hey, we reviewed your shit." And yeah, you're right. Like you were just joking around with your friends, so we're gonna we're gonna pull all these off. As a matter of fact, they went through there and they would just say either closed 
which I think if they're closed, that mean, if it says closed, that means that they agree with you, or it says reviewed, and if they reviewed it, but it doesn't say closed, then that means that it stays and that they are sticking with their original assessment. And so, like, I think I had, like, two of my comments were closed that I had reviewed, and the rest of them, yeah, in review. Since December. Since December, yeah. Uh, and then I see – but, like, I see people, yeah. like, other people who uh, – their posts get taken down, yeah. and they do a review. In like forty-five minutes, they get their their post comes back up. They mm-hmm. give them their post back. Yeah, like I'm like, Whoa. yeah, Dude, my stuff's been in review for like four months. Like I don't really care because I got my page, but it's like I don't understand the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Like I understand you can't have people up there trying to convince somebody to commit suicide or right. or going up there and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna come to your house and shoot your house and your whole family." Like mm-hmm. you can't obviously that, but like. I think it's just a reprogramming of society. Well, I think, yeah. I think what it is. I, yeah, it's, it's all got to do with it's, – it's, it's more sinister stuff involved instead of just – Correct. Dude, you think they care about people's safety? I mean, come on. No. no. They don't care about that. No. They don't care about that. No. Not at all. Not when you get a hundred Russian mm-hmm. strippers pages. Right. Hello. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get the little, hello, yeah. check out my page. Yep. And it's like, y'all have this problem, but you're worried about this comment. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, yeah, so then my page my page was down for like two weeks, and Cato and I were I – fo- I thought it was gone. I was like, oh, they shut it down. It's gone. So I immediately switched over to my backup page, started populating that. Then Cato and I were like doing uh, stuff on the website, and boom, we forgot to swap the links out. And so like we were testing the link, the hyperlinks for all of the buttons on the page, and we clicked the Instagram icon, and the old page came, came back up. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And I was like, Cato, check this out. And so he checked it and he's like, yeah, your page is back up. And then I checked on my phone. I'm like, yeah, page is back up. And so my page was back up for a week and I didn't, I was very careful about what I posted, but then like one, the following weekend I did a Q and a, and I'm like, Hey, like hit me with your questions. And this one follower I have, um, she's great. She, but new firearm owner, she lives in Canada though. Um, but, uh, just got her license to get her firearm and so she was at she was asking me questions about um she called it dry shooting which she meant dry firing right and she said is this an important and i said yeah it's a it's a it's extremely important it's a it's a pillar it's an it's a must uh for firearms training you know so that you can practice your trigger control and like get rid of your like you know recoil anticipation all that stuff like because you absolutely have to drive fire and they flagged me for that and then shut my account down again (laughs) and when i went back to it when I got into my account, when I got into my account status, it said that I was trying to sell illegal or regulated goods because I told the lady that yes, you should dry fire. And I was like, oh, okay. You should have just told her that she should go out and do cocaine, and it probably right. would have been fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. I mean, I've put some, I've put some super offensive things on my on my page to just. Oh yeah, try. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's all. Bec- that's all me testing the algorithm because I want to see. I'm gonna like, okay, cool. You're gonna tell me you're not targeting me because I'm a two A person and because I believe in, you know, America and things like right. freedom of speech. Right. You know those things. You're gonna tell me that you're not targeting me when I can put up naked chicks, you know, twerking on my pay on my story and it doesn't get pulled and it I don't get flagged for anything. But then I put up a question and somebody asked me, is dry firing important? And I'm like, yes, it's an important component in firearms training. And then boom, ca- right. account gone. And now it's deleted. My account's gone. Like it, you know how like 
for like when your account was down, you could still get in your, you could still push the button and you're like, it's still in your accounts. I don't know how many accounts you have, but like in your accounts, it like has all of the yeah, ha- so ha- handles. I, I lost my personal page that I had yeah. for 10 years. I had 2,500 photos, a decade of my life. It was mm-hmm. like a documentary of my life. I had Gone. family, mm-hmm. you know, me and my wife, we've been mm-hmm. dating for together for uh, 13 mm-hmm. years, 14 years. She's going to get mad at me again because I got it wrong. <laughs> but it's like our whole entire, like, life together, yep. like trips we've been on, right. hiking, fishing, hunting, mm-hmm. like all these big moments in my life. It was just like this catalog of, yep. like, my life. And I didn't get political on that either. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I posted pictures of my chickens in yep. the backyard or my garden. Mm-hmm. And the last picture I posted, it had snowed at our house. It was uh, last year in yeah. uh, February, and I posted m- one of my hens in the snow. And I woke up the next day, and my account was gone, gone. I had never had a warning ever. Mm-hmm. 2,500 photos, never got it back. Gone. Gone. Dude, I was really upset about that yeah. one because that had, like, mm-hmm. that had a lot of, like, good memories and stuff in it. Yeah, I so. A, I actually started Instagram when I came back from a two-week hiking trip on the AT. Mm-hmm. That was when I started. I was and so they shut it down and took, took your photos. And you don't even know why. Nope. Yeah. I, I, I submitted a hundred, like, requests mm-hmm. to, hey, I've never had, I've never had a, a warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, at, look at my page. Mm-hmm. Like, look at my page. It's yeah. got chickens on it, man. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Like, They're all wildlife photos or just, like, adventure photos? Most of them were wildlife stuff. Yeah. Most yeah. of them was, like, you know, just – you know, I, I like photography, so, you know, it was either family, friends, mm-hmm. my wife, or, you know, I didn't even post artwork on it that yeah. much. Just being out mm-hmm. in the outdoors, that's all. Mm-hmm. Like, hardly any captions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I had, like, maybe 900 followers yeah. or something. Yep, go on, man. No yeah, so, so see how, like, you can get in your account stuff, and you can click on it. It gives you all of your accounts. Yep. Well, like, Lone Element's gone. It's mm-hmm. gone. So, like, before when they'd shut it down, it was still in there and I could click on it and I could still like, all my content was pulled off and nothing was in my archive, but I could still like get into my account status. I could still navigate around on that page. I still had like my header with like my followers and like all my stuff on it. And then after they shut it down, like the day after they shut it down for that dry firing comment, I woke up and I got on my phone and then I noticed like, oh shit, that it's just completely gone now. So I'm starting a YouTube channel. And Kato, oh, cool. one, of, one of the, for the first video that we're going to shoot is like an adventure out to San Francisco to the Instagram office. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to sit down with a human and I'm going to be like, hey, turn my page back on. And I'm yeah. going to record the whole thing. And I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to ask him questions like, hey, when you guys review stuff, like do humans see it or is it just algorithms? Like I'm going to do a whole YouTube video on this whole. Dude, what are you walking in? He's like, hello, welcome to yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's a robot. He's like, hold on, I need to yeah. change my yeah, battery. Like a, yeah, it's like uh, it's like Total Recall where it's yeah. got the, the 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 cab driver that's like the robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go in there because I doubt many humans. It's me going to college in San Francisco, I used to walk by the Instagram building all the time. Really? Yeah. So I know exactly where their headquarters are. I'm gonna go down there. I'm just gonna walk in. I'm gonna be like really nice and have like a hidden camera in my like jacket pocket or something. No, like, what's gonna happen is you're gonna get there and they're gonna have a gate or the mm-hmm. door and the security guard. You're gonna be like, "Hey, my name is Brian Bishop," and he's gonna pull out like this folder or this book. And he's gonna, like, <laughs> yeah, flip I'm gonna be, and be like, <laughs> "Sorry, bro. Yeah, you're you're blacklisted. You, Sorry. you can't come. Yeah, you can't. You're not allowed. You're not allowed on campus." But a good, uh, a cool thing did come out of my yeah. after my page got 
shut down and then I got it back. It was kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Like yeah. at this point, I was like sick of like I was really frustrated with like the whole pandemic thing, mm-hmm. like all of that, like just the media stuff. Like can't find like I'm just like you can't find facts anywhere. You can't mm-hmm. find truth on anything. It's like one day is this and the next day is that, and mm-hmm. then the social media. Bro, the science changed. Just so you know, huh? The science changed. Oh yeah. yeah in case you yeah. didn't, in case you didn't get the memo. <laughs> the science changed. I, we, I can't go down that rabbit hole. We'll <laughs> here, I'm telling you. <laughs> so I, I sat down and I was like, man, I want to do some like propaganda style artwork. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, not really propaganda, but I want to do something that's kind of like a, it's a political statement mm-hmm. for my page without me actually saying something. Yeah. Like, this is what I feel like. And I knew it probably couldn't really get flagged mm-hmm. because it has to be interpreted by a human, I think, to yeah. like understand it. And so I sat down and. I was just thinking about like how these news anchors get up here. And this is goes for mm-hmm. liberal news or conservative news. Like to me, they're all, yeah, mainstream they're all, media, they're yeah. all owned by the same couple of companies. Yeah. They all, I mean, not everybody that's on the news because I, I've got some friends that I've befriended on Instagram who actually are on Fox news mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like not all the people, but the stations in general, I think they all, say what they want that they know that their listeners want to hear mm-hmm. to create division yep. on whatever side, right? And I don't agree with that. Right. I don't want your opinion. I want the facts. Yeah. Give me the facts, man. Let me yeah. make my own opinion. But we uh, we know that that's not what the public wants. They want right. somebody to say, take a left, take a right, and yeah. walk down there. So, anyways, I was just kind of fed up with that. And then my Instagram was kind of like the – the deal breaker. So I was like, I'm going to do something. So I drew this like news anchor. He's like sitting at a desk and like his face is like peeled off and gone. And I'm sure you've seen it by now. And, uh, it's like a robot, like mechanical, mm-hmm. like, uh, gears and mess all in his face. And it, it, it after I did, I was like, Oh, that kind of looks like that movie. Um, I can't remember what the movie is now. Uh, shoot name. It's the old movie where it's like, the news anchors or end up being robots or something. It's kind of like a funny little meme, but anyways, it's like an old uh, from the seventies or eighties. So anyways, I drew this and then <clears throat> he's got a stack of papers in front of him. And on the, the headline of the papers, it says today's lies. Mm-hmm. And then on like the wall behind him, it says, trust us. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, that'll, that'll let my, my little amount of followers know kind of where I stand with yeah. it. Cause it, it, it speaks volumes to me. It speaks volumes, you know, Artwork has been used over millennia to mm-hmm. to produce a story, right? right? One picture can can say a thousand things, and so it was kind of like my like I hate the media. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, the today's lies was like the pandemic stuff changes every day, yeah. and just kind of like the my state. And so I posted it, and the next morning I can't remember if I posted it at night or that morning, but I was at work, and Evan shared it. And Evan don't typically share stuff outside of Black Rifle yeah. Coffee, so I was kind of, like, surprised. I was like, oh, cool, he, he shared that. And uh, this was, like, in December, like, 1st of December. He shared it, and then he DM'd me. He was like, call me. And I was like, all right. So, and, uh, I, you know, I talked to him. I hadn't talked to him in a couple months. But, you know, I talked to him. This was back when I was freelancing. And uh, I called him. He didn't answer the phone, and he called me right back. I was like, hey, man, what's up? And I was like, uh, hey, man, I've been wanting to talk to you. I was like, uh, 
I actually want to talk to you about business. And I had at this time, this was like when I was thinking about going full time, like yeah. trying to figure that whole situation. And we'll, we'll, we can go into that. But anyway, and and, and uh, I thought he wanted to talk about a design. And he was like, well, that's actually what I want to talk to you about business. So I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, what's it going to take for you to come full time with us? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, man. It's like, want you full time over here? And I was like, uh, uh. And I thought, well, it don't really matter what it's going to take. I'm probably going to come full time regardless. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that was that whole situation was. I don't say. I don't want to say that's what caused me to be hired, but that mm-hmm. was just kind of like the the icebreaker, I guess, mm-hmm. for him to the excuse to call me. And so we ended up doing putting that shirt. Uh, we did a limited run shirt with that um, design. And then I had uh, I had to write a little article for the Washington Examiner describing why I did the design. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yep. They actually didn't. <laughs> ironically, they didn't use any of my mm-hmm. story or my words. They actually wanted to focus more on the company and what the com- why the company made yeah. this shirt, which was perfectly fine. It's a little disappointing. I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool. I've never done like a little written anything for like a media. Yeah, yeah that's kind of funny. That's awesome. So, uh, anyways, we did a little limited run shirt and it did really, really well, and um, it's it was a fun design, it fun design to do, and the intention behind it ended up being, you know, kind of big for me. So yeah, no, it was great. So you working for the county, yep. you started doing yeah. this thing as Get a back. side hustle, and then I ran across you, of course, on mm-hmm. Instagram, and you were I can't remember who, maybe it was a half, I think it was a half face blades. Um, one of the pieces that you did for Andy, mm-hmm. you know, for Beto. And yep. uh, I saw the, uh, I saw your tag on there and then I got on your page and I checked out your page and I was like, oh, cool. Like he had, he does some amazing illustration. And I was like, I was in the market. I needed like new artwork at that time. So that's why, that's when I, that's when I got a hold of you. And then you, you and I started talking and then established a really good relationship and you've done a really, you've done some great pieces for us. The, uh, the Raider Ripper was the last one that we yeah, did. I really like that one. I got, yeah. a lot of, I got a lot of compliments on that. Yeah, as soon as we get that, I'm going to get ready to run that as a hoodie, and uh, I'll get you one as soon as we, as soon as soon I get one ran. Yeah, um, and then the first one, though, was the uh, Fid Life concepts that I've been doing with, like, the Cookie Monster, Yeah. which, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening that don't know, like, it's on – It's a, I've got slaps done for it. I did stickers for it, but uh, which have, they've sold – fuck, I've sold through three runs of that sticker. That's awesome. Yeah, so they – they uh they've been doing well but uh yeah it's on my odgusa.co go go check that out it's on there it's under I think it's under merch the cookie monster is that concept was uh was fun because it's about uh doing foreign internal defense you know for with the Afghans with our partner force like we would nickname them after mm-hmm. cartoon characters or people that they you know a cartoon character that resembled and we had this like short fat little dude of course I think his name was Mohammed. But he had this huge beard, like huge, mm-hmm. huge, like Hell's Angel biker beard that was like down to the middle of his chest and it was just like would flare out and it was huge. And then he was bald. So he had this huge beard and then he was bald and he was this little short, fat, fat dude. And he liked these like little Iranian tea cookies and he would like, he'd truck around in his <laughs> woodland BDU pants and then he would wear a, a fuzzy black fleece jacket all the time even if it was like fucking 100 degrees out he'd be wearing that fucking fleece jacket and um he would always like have these cookies 
in his pocket, in his cargo pockets. He'd fill up his cargo pockets with cookies. Awesome. And we'd every time you'd see him, he'd be standing around like fucking shoving handfuls of these little like they're like animal crackers, you know, yeah, these little yeah, cookies. Yeah. And he he would you know chomp on them, and the crumbs would like get stuck in his beard. Awesome. And so we would we we dubbed him Cookie Monster, and then he would always be like his favorite job was always like on the Dishka heavy machine gun in the mm-hmm. back of the Hilux that we had, you know, mounted up or the land, I think it was a Land Cruiser, but we had it all set up and that was like what his jam was. He was like the heavy machine awesome. gunner. I mean, he could barely see over the, the fucking thing, but he, that was, that was what he loved. He loved being on that machine gun and then he would just like always be eating cookies all the time. So I started this little series called Fid Life, which stands for Foreign Internal Defense Life. And it's just like these caricatures of these dudes that, you know, from their nicknames. And so... I was like, yeah, I, I got a hold of you. And I was like, let's do this and explain the concept to you. And then I was like, let's put Cookie, like the real Cookie Monster from Sesame Street on a machine gun in the back of a Land Cruiser. And you were like, I love yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. And then, dude, you whipped it out fast, too. I think you did it in like two days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of stuff, like, doing stuff like that was mm-hmm. what really kind of caused me to start kind of thinking back. Like, uh, I wanted to start doing stuff mm-hmm. for, like, that I enjoyed. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't enjoy the artwork I was doing, but like, I think about the time you had reached out to me, I was starting to get burnt out, like yeah. doing some of the stuff. And like, I, I've worked for some good little companies and I was kind of migrating, not to be, use a pun here, but I was migrating out of like these outdoor companies mm-hmm. where it was like these real Southern, like, you know, you see the hats, like a lot of like high school yeah. kids wear them. It's got the ducks and mm-hmm. like the deer and all that. Like I was getting real burnout because they were all like kind of the same thing over yeah. and over and over. And great people that I worked for, and, you know, one of the guys, one of my first clients that I had, I still do work for him a little bit. But I, when I started doing stuff like that, like getting stuff from, you know, like I, it was when I realized like I really want to do stuff that I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. that's fun to do. And so, yeah, it was uh, – that was that was a fun one, and then we uh, originally was going to do Toyota on the back, and mm-hmm. then we switched it yeah. to the Orion design like last minute, and then yeah. put your little logo. On the yeah, side, I loved it. Cool. You 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 hit a home run with that one for sure. So. Yeah, that was a popular one. I had a yeah. I, had, I had a lot of good feedback on online about that one. Yeah, we're gonna do more. Like I have more Fidlife characters. Like I have uh, there's definitely I think I talked to you about it the first time around, but the, we had we had a dude uh, named Oscar the Grouch that we called Oscar the Grouch because he was uh, he was this cranky little, once again a little short dude that was just like this old crotchety man and he had this like old blackish gray beard but it didn't like it didn't grow long like it just like grew kind of out to the sides mm-hmm. and then like rolled under itself and so it was like this big it looked like he had this big huge jaw on him and then it was just like, a like wig on his face. yeah and then he had this like really furry curly hair that was like grayish black and just like he would wear the little flat pancake hat it's called a pakul yeah but he would wear that and then he would wear these fucking huge sunglasses and he would sit in the back of the he would sit in the back and how we named him is he would he would sit in the back of the hilux like right up against the tailgate with like his ak hanging out the back of the tailgate like holding on to it and he would smoke these sometimes they were joints but most of the time they're these big huge hand rolled cigarettes and then he would fucking yell at dudes when they'd walk by. And he was always this really cranky, crotchety <laughs> dude. And he would just, like, yell at people and, like, shake his finger at people. And, like, he was always sitting in the back of the truck. And so my buddy one day, he's like, dude, that he looks like he's, like... And we just sat there for a minute, and I was looking at him at the same time. My buddy was looking at him, and we both kind of just, like, it popped into our heads at the same time. We just kind of looked at each other, and he goes, that looks like Oscar the Grouch. And I looked <laughs> at him, and I go, 
yeah, it looks like he's sitting and hanging out of his garbage can, <laughs> yelling at people that are walking by on the That's street, awesome. you know? And so like we, 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 so then we dubbed him Oscar the Rouch. So we've got, we've got that one still left to do. And then we had this other guy, uh, the three main dudes that I remember specifically were Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch, and then we had this dude named Chewie after Chewbacca from Star Wars because mm. he was this fucking tall monster. of a, Like, the dude was 6'7". Like, he was a fucking monster. He yeah. was tall and a big dude. And he had long hair, like shoulder-length long hair, and then a huge beard. And then same thing, he had Oakley sunglasses that he'd wear all the time. And he would slick his hair back. And then have these, you know, he'd have M-frames on. Mm-hmm. The one of us gave to him. And he had this huge beard. And he would walk around with a PKM machine gun. And he would have a bandolier across his chest. He'd, like, wear a bandolier yeah, of awesome. bullets across his chest. And then he would have a PKM machine gun. And he would just, like, cruise around. And same thing, like, smoking a cigarette, cruising around, like, carrying his PKM machine gun by the handle. And the dude was so big, it looked kind of like a toy in his hand. And sometimes, I don't know, he's probably stoned too, but he'd like be dragging his like bullets on the ground behind him. <laughs> Didn't even give a shit, like just wow. dra- walking around. And so we, we dubbed him Chewy after Chewbacca in Star Wars. And so we'll end up, uh, we'll end up doing one of him too. That's the fun stuff, yeah. like doing designs like that. Like we, we actually had a discussion this morning about I did, I did a design this past week. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, I styled it after like a tarot card. Mm-hmm. I showed it to you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I love I, that. That particular style. Yeah. You had a name for it. What did you call it? It's like a lino cut, like a like a lithograph, yeah. like a yeah, like yeah. engraving mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. old school. Like yeah. that's kind of like my background. I used to work mm-hmm. my uncle and he he collected old antique advertising. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my style comes from like like back in the day, like twenties, yeah. thirties. Like man, the artwork they used for advertising yeah. back then was like beautiful stuff. Like the old stamps with yeah. all the real, like money. Yep. You know, it's kind of the same way like copper plate etchings and stuff. But anyways, like I I really like doing stuff that it doesn't make sense to the average person, mm-hmm. but you know what it means. Yep. And so it's like a – and I think a lot of the public uh, – people like wearing stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's like I know a secret that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's also a conversation piece. Yeah. So, like, you got if you got this sticker on your back of your truck that's got mm-hmm. Cookie Monster shooting a 50 cal, and someone's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And so, well – some people that probably bought the stickers don't know the story. Right. They just like it. They're like, oh, it's just a goofy little Sesame Street mm-hmm. guy or whatever. But, you know, some people, you know, like you are you're like, hey, man, I'll tell you what this really means. And yeah. then it kind of is kind of a conversation starter. But, yeah, I like I like stuff like that, like mysterious stuff. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be like, like vulgar or scary or mm-hmm. like buddy. When I say mysterious, I mean like it's mystery. Like yeah. it's cool. It makes sense in one way, but really the real meaning is mm-hmm. something completely different. Yeah. Well, yeah, so the, the piece of artwork that uh, Cato and I whipped out ourselves, I might have you redo it because it's, it's very bare bones, minimal, minimalist stuff. But so I got, I got, I basically got tired of the, the, especially the tactical industry, beating the black beard pirate flag thing to death. Like so many, and I'm, I'll pick on Evan for a second because <laughs> Black Rifle was one of the companies that did it. But there were so many people that like beat the like pirate flag thing, the the black beard, the pirate flag thing to death. I mean, I can name it's like commonly used. Yeah, five things. Technically, I'm the only right. one that's a professional because I am from North Carolina, so yeah. I know, I know it is the life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, they yeah. they freaking found a ship like 100 miles from my house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to what I was saying. I got fed up because I'm like, I want my own fucking pirate flag. I want my own. 
Yeah. And so I started doing the, uh, I started doing some research on, and I, I dove, dove into the pirate history and I like looked up Blackbeard's history and I like studied all of these pirates and all their flags. And like, it's funny if you like go and you like start doing this research and you like get in, get into it and you go deep. Funny enough, the Blackbeard pirate flag is the only really cool one. I mean, there's like the skull and crossbones one. That's like the kind of the iconic. Yeah, there's one. some there's some really bizarre stuff. But the other ones, like, they were all kind of lame. They weren't like that really that cool. And all of them, like, not weren't were not all black and white. Right. Like there were some that were like red and orange. And, I like, think they used kinds. to like use strips of cloth mm-hmm. from other flat. Like yep. they would make. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean the the history is fascinating. Yeah. So like I I I I dove into it and I I think I studied it for like two weeks, but then I like made up my own flag that I aptly have named the Chaos Jack. Excuse me, and it's a skull. It's a raider skull, Marine Raider skull, mm-hmm. to pay homage to my Marine Raider roots. But I've got uh it's got a Marine Raider skull and then it's got a, a the um it's got an hourglass and then it's got a dagger underneath the skull and then it's got a uh heart and then I've got the three stars above the heart. Mm-hmm. And so what that is is like it's a uh it basically means um kill swiftly without mercy and dedicate your whole heart to the task. And then the three stars are paying homage basically to Orion's belt, yep. which is ODG USA. So I, I, I did my own research because in doing my research, like funny enough, like the elements of every pirate flag, they had meaning. Yeah. They, all oh, had yeah. me- they all had a meaning. And um, uh, if you go back and like look at like the history of it, it's really, it's really fascinating. And then what I thought was really cool is the pirate flag really pays kind of homage to the thing I like about it is it pays homage to, you know, cause we always used to joke around as contractors, you know, when I was like working for Blackwater, we were always joking around about how we were, you know, people call us, Oh, you guys are mercenaries. And we would be like, yeah, we're fucking pirates. This is a pirate ship, you know? Like, so. and so we would always joke around about like, you know, being pirates and um, funny enough, like doing the history, the East India trading company back in the day that was, you know, just from the research that I did, the, the East India Trading Company was actually a, a group of mercenaries that the that uh, this company uh, that was, you know, had ties to the British military would take, you know, guys that had gotten out of the British military or whatever and then had become mercenaries or they would pull mercenaries in from wherever and they would work for the East India Trading Company. And then this East India Trading Company became kind of like the first defense contractor mm-hmm. of, the you know, of Britain and would go around and do all the dirty work that the crown didn't want to get its hands dirty doing. And so then uh, something happened. I can't remember exactly what happened um, at some point in their history, but then uh, it fractured. And then the East India Trading Company, I think, I can't remember what happened. I think they got disavowed by the crown or something like that. And so they broke apart and everybody kind of bailed because the, you know, the the Brits like started killing their own. Yeah people that they had contracted you know they started going after the east india trading company and so they they disbanded and they fractured it and then those guys because they were those mercenaries that were disenfranchised those were the dudes that then went off and got their own ships and became pirates Mm. and that's how pirates proliferated i didn't know that yeah so then i took the uh i took the east india trading company logo and i like modified it and made our own cool little thing like that so yeah but yeah artwork in terms of like having a meaning i think is uh, you know that's not everybody knows about is like is really is is cool and so i dig that and uh that's one cool thing uh with, with black rifle like a lot of our stuff is like mm-hmm. super outlandish like mm-hmm. evan has a great 
he has a great personality yeah. and he has a great imagination. Yeah. And he likes crazy stuff, and yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we've gotten so big is because it's outside the norm. Yeah, and a lot of times the artwork's great. Yeah, uh, and dude, I work with a ton of artists, and they're yeah. all everybody is awesome. Yeah. Like people pump out some really awesome stuff, and it's awesome to be a part of that team. And I, I don't even really call it a team; it's like a family. But like yes. some of our stuff makes absolutely no sense yeah right tactus squatch is probably still my favorite yeah yeah i love tactus Squatch and sweet van sweet yeah, van sweet is van. sweet van is cool and then and then um uh, gary did that one yeah gary stevens yeah it's the sweet van and then the uh the tactus Squatch is is pretty pretty awesome yeah but like some of the stuff does have meaning mm -hmm. to it and some of it's just like goofy like i would say some of this like the tacticot was the first thing evan had me do when I started freelancing last year. And that one got really popular. And it's just, it's kind of a play on tactic squash. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just, it's just goofy. It's just a rooster with like nods and, you know, uh, SBR. But the trust us is a little outside the norm of what mm -hmm. Black Rifle's done. Because when Evan wanted that design, I asked him, I was like, do you want me to change something to kind of brand it? And he's like, mm -hmm. nope, I'm going to leave it just like it is. Leave it like it is, yeah. And he was making a statement yep. about what is, you know, what the company stands for which i think was i think it was awesome but um some of the stuff we do is pretty just wild and crazy you know like the teamwork shirt with just tactic squats riding on a great white shark mm -hmm. doesn't really make sense but uh it's just fun and i think, I think it pays like homage it. to like the wild crazy spirit of the company and how it was formed and like how it was brought to life it's it's a, it's a his story is yeah if it's if it's not an inspiration been a ins big inspiration to me because you know he started out of his garage and he just started doing something that he loved and it's basically like just like me mm -hmm. like i just did something that i loved and i didn't have any really formal training on it and you know obviously i don't own a billion dollar company but i'm working for a billion dollar company mm -hmm. and i'm dude i have a dream job man yeah i mean it's i get paid to draw roosters with guns <laughs> yeah. i mean you know what i'm saying like and it's, yeah. you know, it's not even about, like, the money. Like, it's just, like, man, it's just doing what I enjoy. Yeah. It's just awesome, man. It's just – but I, I've had, I've had like, the pleasure of working with some – outside of Black Rifle working with some awesome folks. Yeah, so you and I – we in, – in, you know, taking it back, like, you and I, like, I hit you up when I saw you on Instagram. You did that, you know, first Cookie Monster piece for us, and then you and I just, you know, over time established a really good friendship, yep. and then – you know, you we communicated regularly, you know, on a more personal level. And then you uh, <clears throat> you called me one day at, uh, I think it was this last, it was this last fall when I was at uh, Overland Expo. And you're like, hey, man, <laughs> this this job thing, I don't know what I should do. I feel like I should. I, th I thought you called me that day. Uh, you know what? Maybe I, I did. No, you called me. Oh, I yeah. think I had text you. You did text me. Like a while mm -hmm. back. Yeah, you and you, you you just like randomly called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, called what, me. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened is you texted me and I was on the road and then I was at the expo or I was going to the expo. Yeah, I was going to the expo and I stopped and I was like <clears throat> trying to catch up on all my messages and then I, I realized like, oh yeah, he texted me and I never called him back so I got to call him. So yes, you're correct. Yep. I, I did call you and uh, to check in to see how you're doing because you did text me. Yeah, because we, we hadn't talked in a while. Yeah, and I hadn't, a bit. I, I didn't... Uh, I didn't respond back to that text. And so I think it had, a week had gone by and I was like, oh, I got to get back to him. And so I had a little bit of time while I was on the road 
and uh, got a hold of you, and then that's when we started talking. Yeah, it was um, it was it was on time, and uh, I had did a podcast a while uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, I had told this story. It was just I had gotten to the point. So let me step back a little bit to get to this point. So last year in the summer, no, excuse me, the summer of 2020, mm-hmm. I had gotten to that point where I was getting burnout. And I was like, I want to start doing some stuff with people I like. And so I picked some companies and people out that I wanted mm-hmm. to work for. So I went back to my roots. I did some concept designs just to post and tag mm-hmm. people. So I did one for Black Rifle. I did one for Beto Half Face Blades. I did one for... I think you did one for Mike at Fieldcraft. Yep, I did one for Mike at Fieldcraft. And I think I actually did one for Sean Ryan mm-hmm. at Vigilance yeah. League. Um, I did one of his dog, the Grifter, mm-hmm. with the helmet on. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And so I did that, posted it, and didn't, you know, I thought, hey, you never know. Something might happen. And so I think Beto reached out to me first, I believe. It was either him or Austin at Fieldcraft. And I was like, hey, man, let's do stuff. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. Yeah. So that's how that started. And then – Fieldcraft started, and Black Rifle was a little slower. And so I started doing stuff for Vito. Like, Andrew's such a great guy, man. Mm-hmm. He uh cool dude. He all, he has a good imagination. I've, uh, and I've said this multiple times. I've always – he's always been one of my favorite clients because he always gives me projects that are outside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they're, like, super gory and gruesome, but it's, like, it's so much fun. Like some of the stuff I probably wouldn't ever wear because I'm, even though I'm like a graphic designer, I don't wear, wear like really graphic mm-hmm. tees that much. I wear kind of plain stuff. And it's funny, like some of the stuff I've drawn, like the uh, terrorist arm blown off holding the little like StarTac flip phone. Yeah. Like my wife's like, that's really gory. I'm like, yeah, well, that's freaking awesome looking. Yeah. And it was like really fun to do. Like and that, well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much on brand for, for what he's yeah. done at Half Face Blades. And then he's like, he's got that little spin off brand. We Kill Bad Dudes? Yeah, Kill so Bad Dudes. So, a lot of the stuff that I did last year was for We Kill Bad Dudes. Yeah. Like, the, the arm. Uh, I did a little bit of stuff for Half Face, but I've actually, this year, I've done a lot of stuff for Half Face. Yeah. And then he's also got, uh, isn't it called, he's got the ammo company, Canoe Club or yep. something? I did their logo for yeah. them. Him yeah. and his uh, buddy, Ryan Bates. Um, yeah. They served together. Um, Ryan's super nice guy. Um, that artwork's running around Ukraine right now. You know that, right? Really? Yeah, there's flags. Of yeah. We we kill bad dudes flags running around yeah. Ukraine right now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I started working for him, and then I started doing some stuff for Fieldcraft. And uh, in February, um, the, the concept design I did for Black Rifle was it was a coffee mug mm-hmm. with, like, a skeleton, like, sitting in, like, a hot tub. Yeah. And had it was holding like an AR, and this I did this like back in the summer, and then Evan like met like DM me one day like in mm-hmm. February, and I, and I was like I told him I was like Evan Hafer just DM, mm-hmm. I was like what the heck and like I don't even I can't even remember why all of a sudden that he like reached out to me he must only thing I think of is he saw something I did maybe for Fieldcraft, Tuesday I don't know, and he's like hey man let's get on a phone call uh get you to do some artwork I'm like. And so by this point, I was like, I started kind of, my name started kind of getting out mm-hmm. there into the veteran community. And that was the community that I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. A, um, I love the community. Yeah. Uh, obviously, huge respect to the military. Uh, 
my granddaddy fought in Vietnam and Korea. My dad was in the Army. My wife's parents both retired Air Force. So, mm-hmm. like, it was a big thing to me. And I and I really liked what – the big thing that I really liked was all these companies worked together. Mm-hmm. They didn't – there wasn't this competing, I'm trying to steal your customers and you're trying to steal my customers. They're all collabing and, yeah. you know, they serve together. And I, I was like, man, this is awesome because that is completely outside the norm of every other company in this country. Like, everybody's always at each other's throats, you know, like on a business standpoint. Yeah. And so they're all, like, promoting each other and working together and all this stuff. I was like, man, this is awesome. And they, you know, the guys at Black Rifle, the artists, they just, like, they were having, like, fun. Like, they're out riding skateboards and drawing cool stuff. And I'm like, man, I just want to, like, be, like, a part of that. And uh, so, anyways, Evan, uh, we ended up getting on a phone call a couple weeks later. And he asked me to do, the first thing he wanted me to do was the Tapcock one. Yeah. He's like, we had this old spicy rooster one. It was like a, off a sriracha bottle. He's yeah. like, but I want you to like, like really go crazy with it. He's like, I want to have like nods and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, Evan. You're not going to believe it. This is destiny, man. I'm telling you. Two weeks prior, I had a, a Bantam rooster mm-hmm. at my house who died. He got killed by a hawk protecting his ladies. Yeah. Right. He did his job. Poor guy. I, had, I, mean, I was like depressed for like a that guy was awesome. I could, like, pick him up and hold him. He was cool with a little dude. And so I was like, man, he's really at, like, the top of the pecking order. Like, he's just he's just little bitty Bantam rooster. He's, like, 10 inches tall. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, strutting around. And, like, the hens are, like, twice the size. And when he would get up and breed them, he's, like, riding on them. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? Yeah. He's just a cool dude, man. He's just walking around strutting. So I was like, I'm going to put like draw a little portrait of him and, like, mm-hmm. put some nods on him. So I did that and posted it. And then Evan called me and asked me to do this. And I was like, is there by chance that you saw that I posted? He's like, wow, oh, what are you talking about? He didn't even know. Oh, he didn't even like, see I'm it. I'm like, dude, this is meant to happen, man. This is meant yeah, to happen. Meant to be. So I did that. And then uh, throughout the year, I was doing like like a design a month. And some of the stuff has come out and some of it hasn't. But uh, I just kept working with uh, Half Face, still working mm-hmm. with them, uh, Fieldcraft. Got really busy with them. And then um, I started picking up some other. Pretty high-profile people. Uh, Eddie Gallagher was really cool. Uh, super nice family. The Gallagher's are really awesome. Um, I actually picked him up. He had posted a picture of s- something, and I just left a comment. I was like, hey, man, let me do a design for you. Shot me a DM. Started doing some designs for him, which is really cool. Yeah, and I met Eddie at SHOT Show, like, right after he got out of the Navy. <clears throat> he was still a little shell-shocked from his experience. So I don't man, know. Were, he, man, I could just tell he was his, in his eyeballs he just wasn't there, but uh, – I met him, shook his hand, talked to him for about 15 minutes. Great, good dude, good yeah. dude. But I could just tell he was he was rocked. Yeah. And uh, I hear he's doing a hell of a lot better nowadays. Yeah, man. His uh, his his daughter just saved a dude's life. Oh, really? I didn't know. She that. Did CPR guy had a heart attack. Oh no shit. Yep. They, I didn't know that. She got you know training, man. Teaching your kids right. That's awesome. Yep. The dude fell out, I think, in the street or something, and she performed CPR until saved his life. Yeah. Huh? Wild. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, that is. Imagine awesome. how proud that guy felt. Yeah. But uh, they're super nice, man. Like, and one thing I always say about every single one of these people, guys, girls, you, most humble people, like, you guys are like giants, like in my eyes. Mm. Like, you've you've done all these things. I know y'all would never say this, but somebody like me, like I, I look at like my grandfather, you've done all these things and you've given so much, and like the public, and I say the public, me, I like I have this like idea that like you don't know how people like that would act to like mm-hmm. somebody from 
South, Eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a dude, man. Like, a dude on Instagram. There's a m- billion of us up here. Like, I want to be with the cool guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, man, all of y'all have been exactly the same. Humble. Y'all have all act like you've known me forever. And it's just like, it's every time that I meet somebody new that's got, like, a name that's popular, mm-hmm. it's just like, man, it's just – Guys, just I mean, when Evan called me the first time, I could hear his kids talk in the background. He's like walking in his house and he's like, What's up, man? I'm like, the CEO of this massive coffee empire is calling mm-hmm. me and he's just like, What's up, man? I mean, it's just like so weird. Yeah, I mean it's it's because we weren't brought up in corporate America and don't and we haven't been infected by those ideologies and those kind of the uh hierarchy. Like we we've got we've grown up in environments where like being close to your team is important and yeah being humble is important and i like to i just like to treat people how i like to be treated yep. you know it's important to and me. that's the way that's the way i am i mean i you know I, um i don't know man it's it's hard to explain you probably know this like i don't like the public hmm. like I, just, I don't trust the public i don't hmm. like the public but like we talked about at dinner tonight i'll stop and help somebody change their tire. Yeah. Right? Like, I I don't – when someone walks up to my door, I mm-hmm. live in the country, I got a freaking gun in my hand. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. Like, this – this this people don't walk up to my house, right? Right. But at the same time, I, prime example, got uh, a young black kid uh, rolled up at my house. Like, I live out in the country. Mm-hmm. And he was knocking on the door. I was at home working. I was like – not stereotyping, but mm. – uh, we've been there three years, and I probably had maybe three people other than people delivering stuff knock on my door. So you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And Rocky Mount, where I live, is in the top ten most dangerous cities in America per capita. Oh wow! I did it's not know that. It's in the middle. It's in the middle of ninety five mm-hmm. between Miami and New York. Mm. We have extremely bad gang problems. Like my dad works downtown. He's a uh, mechanic for the mm-hmm. city. Works on police cars. People get shot every night. Every night. Like it's it's bad. So yeah. I'm I'm wary. Yeah. So this kid comes up, and, I mean, he, he looked decent. I, you know, I was kind of – I watched him through the window a little bit trying to read his body language, and he those he didn't are, act aggressive. Yeah, he those was a are little, important details. Yeah, yeah, he was a little nervous acting mm-hmm. like he was just kind of – he wasn't in an aggressive posture. He was just kind of like – he had his phone out, mm-hmm. you know, so I could tell like he wasn't – anyways. So I, I had my pistol, and I, like, opened the door. I was like, hey, man, can I help you? He's like, dude, he's like, uh, uh, me and my girlfriend, we – we ran out of gas. He's like, I'll pay you whatever if you got gas. I was like, I think I got some. I was like, I ain't worried about paying it. So I was like, just uh, walk around and I'll go out back and bring it to you. So I went and got my gas can and I was like, here you go. It was like, I don't know, it was like a five-gallon tank. And I think it probably had like three or four gallons in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, here you go, man. He's like, I won't take all of it. I was like, no, nah, man. I was like, some cars, you know, you got to get it to like, like I used to have a car mm-hmm. when I ran, out, I, I ran out of gas. You had to get it to like a quarter of a tank before it would start. Yeah. I don't know. So I was like, I just – Go ahead and put it all in there. He's like, I'll pay you. I was like, no, dude, you're good. I, I was like, just put the can, you know, at the walkway when you come back. Put the gas. He drove his car around, mm-hmm. dropped the gas tank off, and went on his way. But, like, stuff like that, like, that's, like, how my dad taught me to be. But you also, you have to be, you have to be responsible when dealing with situations like mm-hmm. that, in which, you, you know, you grew up, your lifestyle has been like yeah. that. Like, you can't trust people so far, especially this day and time. And, you know, reading people. I think it's something that I've learned a lot. I mean, it's how I've survived some really bad situations is just having the level of situational awareness and like attention to detail is the more important part of that equation to be able to look at something and be like 
you know, like we were talking about, you know, earlier at the front end of this where you like know there's certain people that you just look at and you're like, oh, I'm going to stop and help with this person because, you know, you can read that the situation's not dangerous or this person doesn't have an angle or it's not an ambush or it's not some kind of like scam or con or something like that. And so you stop and help this person and, yep. and you know, it always, it usually goes off without a hitch and it goes fine. Um, having the ability to have situation enough situational awareness and enough street smarts and attention to detail to look at somebody like, you know, you can tell like looking out your window, you know, if he was fidgeting around or acting like super strange or weird or had like an aggressive posture or something like you might not answer the door or you might've gone and called the cops instead of answering the door or, you know, you've been, have been a lot more judicious in how you handled that situation. So, yeah. And sometimes like I've talked to some of the guys who have like your experience about this, like sometimes I, I can be over paranoid, like mm-hmm. to like the point, like especially now that I have a kid, yeah. like it's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been real funny, even when I was younger, about somebody breaking in, mm-hmm. and like I will lay in bed and like run scenarios through my head, which I I think to a degree is a good thing, but mm-hmm. I, sometimes it's it's too much, yeah. Because I'll like I'll run like scenario like legit mm-hmm. like. 30-minute stories in my head, like, if someone coming through the back door, how, how would I react? Yeah. You know, what would I do? How would I get my wife out of bed to a safe location with the baby before I try to engage this mm-hmm. person? Do I sit in here and wait for them to mm-hmm. s- step through the doorway and just lay them in the ground? Or do I aggressively go out because mm-hmm. they're not going to be expecting that? Like, you know, it's like run through these things. And sometimes it can be like, it's like it's emotional because yeah. you're 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 running these like crazy scenarios of like and do people my wife tells me I'm morbid but like running these scenarios like what if my wife gets shot or I die what's going to happen to her and like I have to like I, I like trying to mentally prepare myself for bad things mm-hmm. and it's like we were talking about tonight about the state of the country like you have to mentally prepare yourself for bad things and it's not like I won't and obviously I don't want anything bad to happen. But, like, if I'm not – if my mind doesn't have mm-hmm. some sort of, like, idea of what it's going to be like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. Like, if I never thought about it or, you know, if I lost my wife or my kid and I had never tried to think about what it would be like, that's going to be really hard. And I'm yeah. not saying it's not going to be hard regardless, but, like, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. Like, I – like, no, it's good. It's good to it's good to ha- have that situational awareness and and prepare for those type of things and to mentally. I don't like I don't like surprises. M- yeah, mentally prepare yourself for that. Oh, but here's the thing. Here's the here's the here's the shitty part of the equation that you're not going to like. When the moment of tr- I call it the moment of truth, and it's truth because it is the truth on if you were properly prepared or ready for it or not when it happens. When the moment of truth occurs. And I'm just going to like a violent situation of any type happens to you. You do not pick the time. You do not pick right. the place. And it will be a complete and utter surprise. And your response to it, the the efficacy of your response to it will be in relation to how much you prepared yourself mentally, right. physically, and logistically, yep. period. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to, you know, have these thoughts and to prepare, you know, for these, uh, for these, you know, uh, potential circumstances to happen. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole purpose of like being prepared is like you, you have taken the time to think about these things. You have taken the time to 
you know, war game them a little bit and, yeah. and, and, and visualize in your mind. And visualiz visualization is a very powerful tool. You visualize in your mind how you would deal with it. And so uh, that makes you actually, in fact, very prepared. So I would say don't set up a tent and camp there and like what if the fuck out of things to, to yeah. death till it, till it's bleeding, you know, till you don't pick at something till it's bleeding. You know, the best thing to do is come up with uh, what we call most probable course of action. If somebody comes to my house, what's the most probable course of action that they use to get in the house? Once they're in the house, what's their most probable course of action? And once you go there and you can establish your responses to those most probable courses of action, then you're ready. And you don't need to, like, sit there and, like, continue yeah, and to that, like, and think about And that's something it. that I've had to, like, you know, it used to be it was just me. Then it was me mm -hmm. and my wife. So then it was my wife was most important. Mm -hmm. And now it's my child is most important. So now I have to, I have to change how I would do something, because I mean, I don't want to die. Right. I've never, never been like scared to die. I don't mm -hmm. think. Like I mean, I'm more scared of like becoming paralyzed for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like people talk about, I don't want to fly. I'm like, dude, you're not gonna feel anything. Mm -hmm. If you crash, you're not gonna remember anything about your life. You're mm -hmm. gonna be dead. Like, yeah. So why are you scared? You're not going to remember, like, you're, how can you remember what the pain is when it's, when you're dead? Yeah, yeah so I, correct. Like, like, correct. like, uh, my, uh, <laughs> I got a buddy, uh, we're supposed to go skydiving and my mm -hmm. wife's like, you don't need to go skydiving. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. She's like, I'm like, it's not, it's like a scary, like, I mean, I'm like pumped about going mm -hmm. skydiving. Like, it'll change your life. I know it will. Yeah, it'll change your man, life. Man, I, man, I can't wait. But anyways, but, um, well, let's back it up to how you. Because the, the conversation I think that we need to talk about, that we need to mention, is how you dealt with the you know summoning the courage to step out on yeah. what you're doing. That's because right. you you were very comfortable, and you and I had a talk about that when I called you at uh, you know when I was going to Overland Expo, and you and I were catching up. You had mentioned to me, you're like, hey, you know, I have all of these client, you know, these big big clients, and like, I think I could like. I think I could make a run at this and do it on my own. Yep. But you were like, but I'm really nervous because, you know, I've been working at this like really secure county job for however long and, and I'm comfortable and I get paid well there. And like, you know, I, and then I asked you a series of questions and, you know, we went down the line and you, you know, were like, yeah, you're, you know, you're right. Like, I think I could, I could probably do this. And I was like, yeah, you can do it. The thing that stops most people is fear. So talk about, that moment after you got off the phone with me and you decided. Yep. So, to sorry to the audience. Yeah. What I, the whole story I was telling leading up to the new clients that I had gotten with Andrew and Black Rifle and stuff. So I had started working through them throughout the course of last year, and then by the summer of last year, I was I started to lose. I, I started losing money because I was turning down mm -hmm. so much work because I did. I mean, at this point, I was working my full time job from seven. 30 to four o'clock in the afternoon I was getting home and from like 5 5 30 I was working till midnight one o'clock every night behind my computer mm -hmm. and I didn't have enough time in the day and I, I was turning down so much work from other big names companies that I was starting to lose money and I made pretty decent money with mm -hmm. the with the state at DOT and uh and so we started me and my wife started talking about could I go full-time like what would it take because I had I had uh Almost 15 years with the state. Yeah. So I could have retired with a full pension when I was like 49. So that was like a big thing. Um, you know, full health care stuff. Yeah. 
So that was a big thing. So we started talking about it, and then you had called me kind of like, well, right we were in the middle of talking about that and gave me this, like, super encouraging thing about, you know, you know, you were like, I know people who's, you know, started their businesses didn't have half of what you got with your client list. She's like, like you have it. You just got to do it. And, you know, we talked about it. Like, it's a scary thing, mm-hmm. man. It like, is a scary thing. Stepping into the unknown, like, I and at this point, if it was just me and my wife, I probably wouldn't have had a problem, but we had a baby on the way. And it's like. That's a whole different. Yeah, you told me. That's a whole different. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a that was like a a thing that I had to worry about, you know, income and knowing she's going to be out of work. And so you had just you had called and gave me this super encouraging message, and you know we had talked, you know, just talked about, you know, basically told me you just need to jump out of the plane Mm -hmm. and just do it. And so we had we had really worked on it, and we were thinking about it. And so I had started reaching out to some of my bigger clients about. Most of them paid me per design. I had contracts mm-hmm. with some of them, but I wanted to reach. I started reaching out to them about putting me on retainers, yeah. like monthly retainers. So it would be guaranteed money whether I do. You know, we agree on X amount of designs, whether I do them or not. That's mm-hmm. guaranteed money that I knew we would have coming in. And so we had, we had started working on that, and um, I was looking at you know healthcare and all that garbage, and and then the whole thing like I with Evan happened mm-hmm. and it just happened at the right time and the baby um, yeah but didn't you quit didn't you quit the dot job and then you were freelancing mm-hmm. on your own for a while oh no, no. okay no i quit the, when i got off with the phone with him two days later i put in my two-week notice okay so you talked to him two days after yeah okay i didn't know it was that soon i thought it was yeah I, yeah, yeah 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 i had talked to him like i hadn't quit mm-hmm. we were still trying to figure it out and you know the baby was just born so yeah. it was like it was kind of chaotic. Yeah. I wasn't like really focusing on it that yeah. much because the baby and I mean, I think it was like this. I had just started back work. So I was off work for three, I took three weeks off. So it was, the baby was three weeks old. Yeah. And so I wasn't really way too much going on to be focusing on trying to figure out financially. how to what, do it. what were you thinking though? Like, were you, did you have intention to do it before Evan called? Like in that two day period before. Yeah, I, I was working on trying to figure it. Like yeah. I, I wanted to do it and I knew, I knew I had the ability to do it. I had the skill set to do it. It was just the way I was set up freelancing, it's not promised, mm. right? And it's like, man, I can make, I mean, $50,000 this year doing this, but then next year I might make $10,000. Right. Like, and with the way the economy was going in the mm-hmm. pandemic, like how, how much money are people going to sink into like T-shirt graphics? Yeah. So there was, that was also a thing. And it was like, if I could get on retainers, I could do I would do it. Yeah. If I could get that guaranteed income, I would do it. Not, I wasn't scared to do it. It was yeah. just, you know, it would have to, because, I mean, I was like double dipping. Mm-hmm. I was making almost $60,000 with the state, and I was making basically more than that. Mm-hmm. With, and so I was making good money working yeah. both, but at, but with a the baby there, I, I couldn't work 16-hour days anymore. Yeah, no. Impossible. Yep. Yeah, absolutely impossible. I would be in the freaking hospital. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, we, it's amazing how sometimes when you try to do something, this is how I always talk about like destiny and mm-hmm. like God having a path for you. Like, I, I believe that. I believe we all have a path. And I believe we can stray from, but at some point we're going to come back to what we're meant to do. Yeah. Right. I guess not everybody. I mean, people overdose, but maybe they were meant to. Probably yeah. I probably wouldn't share that. Shouldn't say that. I <laughs> 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 just edit that out. But uh, anyways, I I think we have a path. Yeah. And I was 
trying to do this thing. Mm -hmm. God had other plans for me. And I think it was the best decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the company is a great company to work for. I still get to freelance. Mm -hmm. I dropped some of my clients. I kept some of the ones that I really love. Yeah. And, uh, I'm working less and I'm making good money and, and enjoying the shit out of your life. Freaking love it, dude. Yeah. It's so much fun, man. So it makes, you know, and maybe you can speak a little bit more to this, but like I tell people this all the time. If you, and I'm not the one that coined this phrase, but once you once you basically figure out how to monetize your passion and how to, you know, work for yourself, you'll, you know, you essentially never work again. Yep. I never feel like I work. Yeah. I, it's it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, like I, I feel like I make free money. Yeah. And the whole thing, the whole thing that I always tell people, like friends, and because people, people ask me um, how the new job's going and stuff, and I'm like, man, it's it's not even about the money, man. It's like it's like that camaraderie and like mm -hmm. doing what I like to do, and like I get really, really, really excited about artwork. Like I know, you know, you know, some of the guys at Black Rifle. I mean, they're you know great artists, but they're not like I'm. I'm like. I'm a passionate dude. Mm -hmm. And you've probably seen, we've had some good conversations yeah. tonight. Like, I get freaking pumped up about yeah. stuff. Like, if I wanted, if I like something, I get freaking pumped up about it. Yeah, you do. And I, and there, there's, there's sometimes that I've done artwork um, where I have literally been sitting on the couch. Like, I, I draw really weird. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't sit at a desk. I can't do it. I, I either sit in like a chair and yeah. I have like this, this rolly thing. Mm -hmm. It, like I just can't sit like at a desk, it, like it kills my back, and so I kind of sit on a couch and I got like a pillow with my tablet. There's been times I've sat and I look up and it's two o'clock in the morning. I gotta get up at like six o'clock to go. Yeah. Just back when I was working full time, and I'm like sweating, and that's like I don't want to go to bed. I have got to finish this because mm -hmm. I'm like so like into it, into it. Like yeah. I mean, it's like flowing out, mm -hmm. and then it's just man, I get so excited like. That's what that's what's cool about Evan. Like mm -hmm. that guy freaking loves freaking artwork. Mm -hmm. I mean, like he is like so involved in like the design and stuff. And like, that, hey man, that guy he he, get, he gets pumped up about he stuff. gets pumped up about the creative process in general. It could be design yep. or it could be artwork or it could be like a new you know a new type of coffee bag that's gonna like hold more beans in it or whatever. Or like a new some new type of T-shirt that they. I mean, like. It, I've seen him get pretty excited about a lot of different things. Dude, that, uh, that tarot card design I did, yeah. did it for myself. I was just kind of yeah. like bored one night mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, this past weekend, and I just like drew it, posted it. Yeah. I wake up and text me. He's like, hey, man, let me get that. Yeah. I was like, well, I love you. I guess I can't say no. I was like, but I'm going to charge you a ride in that new Bronco you got. And he was like, deal. I was like, all right. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to do something with that, but like – that was like one I did. I think I did it in like two hours. It just like flowed out. Some stuff, mm -hmm. like if I don't really enjoy the design that much or I get burnt out on it, yep. it takes me longer. And it's just kind of more of a grind. But some stuff, if I really like the design, like if I got this like, I'm one of those people like I'll be sitting somewhere, like me and my wife will be sitting. It'd be like 10 o'clock at night. You know, she's going to go to bed. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, I got this idea. I'll freaking grab my tape. She's like, you're going to draw right now? I'm like, yep. Going draw. She's like, don't stay up late. And I don't look. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like drawing, like yeah. pounding that. <laughs> yeah. board. It's awesome. Yeah. But that's my best stuff. That's how it comes to me. Like, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like my creative mind 
like my ideas for stuff, and I think this has come with working so many different cool mm-hmm. people who have different ideas. My creative side has gotten better than my artistic side. Like mm-hmm. I can come up with some really cool ideas, and most of the time, like execute that idea. Yeah. Especially if I like it, mm-hmm. if it's something I like, I can really like tear it up. Like, yeah, that Raider Ripper design, you cranked that out quick. And that it was, was a fun like, one to do. It was a, I mean, you nailed it right out of the gate. Like, I g- didn't give you any changes. Uh, uh, I think the only change I, did, I didn't do the circle. Right. No, I did the circle and it was meant to be the diamond. The diamond. Yeah. But that was the only, that was the only thing. And that was just like a, a small oversight. And then I just had you give me. I just forgot about that. A couple different. Yeah. It just, I, and then I had you give me a couple different colors. Like I, the, we did the red, the red banner and then the yeah, blue, the, the blue, blue, blue banner. And um, that came out great. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it came out awesome. So I'm excited to get that thing. That's gonna it's gonna make a great hoodie. So we're gonna get that. We're gonna get that cranking. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, you're a super talented guy. And then oh, didn't you? You did some type of drawing for uh, Joe Rogan. And oh you yeah, put it yeah, on, yeah. You put it on your yep. page, and then he he noticed it, didn't he? S- yep. Yeah. So um, that uh, what was the one I did? The first one. Oh. I started uh, – I was never really, like, a podcast guy. Yeah. Like, I, I think literally the first podcast I ever listened to was Mike Glover's podcast, mm-hmm. White Fieldcraft, when I found yeah. him. But now that I uh, – I listen to more now because I used to listen to audiobooks a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I've never been, like, a physical book reader. Mm-hmm. Like, I just retain more listening. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I like Joe's podcast. Some of – you know, some of his hosts, I, I mean, some of his uh, guests he has I don't really care about, but some of his stuff is really good. And so, like, I I don't even know why I did it. Uh, it was just, well, I think uh, I had bought a new set of brushes. They were old. Uh, they were, like, halftone dots, mm-hmm. like the old comic book newspaper. And yeah. I wanted to do, like, a comic book, like, style drawing. That was something I was kind of practicing on, like, because it's kind mm-hmm. of a vintage look. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do, like, a Joe Rogan as, like, this astronaut. And he's going to be, like, his dog, mm-hmm. like Marshall. And they're going to be on, like, this planet, and Joe's going to have, like, this giant mushroom in his hand. And it's going to be real vintage looking, like, old sci-fi art. And it's going to be, like, Joe Marshall's, like, quest for, like, the holy mushroom or mm-hmm. something. And so I freaking did it. Posted it. Me and my wife were working on the nursery. Mm-hmm. My watch, I had a, before I got this watch, I had a Garmin watch. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? She was like, what? I was like, my watch, I don't know if it's, like, defected. And I was like, this thing is, like, non-stop vibrating and i picked up my phone and it was like follower 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 follow. i was like what in the world and he had shared it and he had dm mm-hmm. me and he was like hey man i really appreciate you doing this it. really cool i really like it and i was like thanks dude and he started following me and uh that was really neat and i picked up eight son that was when i picked up like two thousand followers in like yeah. two weeks and then right after that they released the tacticot mm-hmm. and that was when everything kind of exploded yeah. Um, but yeah, I did another one of him. I've actually done two more of him. I did one of him and Dave Chappelle when Dave Chappelle was going through all that censorship yeah. stuff. It was like, uh, did you see that one? I didn't see that one. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's Joe Rogan, and he's he's in a UFO. <laughs> right? He's in a UFO, and the UFO <laughs> has a Tesla emblem on it, so it's oh, made nice. by Tesla. Yeah. He's got a Texas flag hanging off the uh, oh, nice. the antenna yeah. off the UFO. Dave Chappelle is in a suit on like the pl- standing on the planet, and he has a microphone, and the microphone looks like a lightsaber. Oh, nice! And he's fighting this. They're fighting this robot, 
and it says Joe and Chappelle's uh, fight against Sensortron. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice! So it, the Sensortron. robot has the has has meta on it and has the symbol like the <laughs> face <laughs> nice. nice, and it's got like uh, uh, I, I'll just show you. It's got some stuff on it, and uh, it's got the. The top of the robot said is like clear glass, and his okay. brain looks like the COVID virus uh, thing. <laughs> Dude, and like, you went all out on this. Yeah, one like there. his joints yeah. and his arms, yeah. like where the, like the bolts that hold like his elbow and yeah. shoulder. Yeah, is like you know big bolt heads. Yeah. One of them has Netflix on it, and oh, one of them has Twitter uh, logo. Oh, on I there. love it. And uh, Dude, I got to see this thing. Yeah, I haven't. I hadn't seen that one. See, it's something else. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw the. Uh, let me see this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, you went out of your like. This is yeah. a home, home run on this guy. Yeah, it was fun yeah. to do. So I would. Uh, the reason I did those, it was like, okay, I can do it and maybe get some like good exposure, but I'm also practicing using some different brushes yeah. and make some cool artwork. That dude, I love that. And then the last one I did of him was uh, when the whole Spotify thing happened, mm-hmm. um, with the whole COVID thing, and Spotify was trying to cancel him a couple months ago. Um, I did. Uh, I did that one. Dude, Which I was a little that. more simple, but I I got some light brushes and make it look like uh, real light. That was that was pretty cool. It's like him holding like a, a orb that's mm-hmm. like the Spotify, and it's like a free. Uh, act, uh, what does it say at the top? Uh, let's see. Oh, maybe you can't even see the whole thing. Mm-mm, you can't. Oh, it's because of the way it's posted. It's like I think it's um First Amendment activated or something. Oh, it nice. almost looks like something from like um Mortal Kombat where he's like got yeah, this, like, electricity it's ball. Awesome. And it's like the Spotify. I like his face. Yeah. The look on his face is awesome. The Spotify logo. Yeah. But uh, that one was that one was really fun. Yeah, the way – oh, there you go. The way it posted, you can't – I got him in like, uh, oh, nice. like freaking jujitsu shorts. That's there. awesome. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, you've done some really great stuff. Awesome. Well, we've been at it for a minute. What do you want to close out with? I love you, Mom. Just kidding. <laughs> uh Nothing, man. Just thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm really glad we finally got together. This year, I've 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 really met a lot of people. Like I've worked with mm-hmm. all these people, and I'm finally starting to meet them face to face, and it's like really refreshing. And uh, I really appreciate you having me here, man. It's, yeah, uh, absolutely, dude. It's my pleasure, and uh, ho- hopefully your fan base can understand my terrible accent. Oh, they yeah, they they do well. They can they can understand me. They can understand you. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, when you come back over the summer, now that the weather's getting better, we'll get outside and we'll get some shooting done. Yeah. We'll definitely have to go. Show me, show me some tricks. Yeah, we'll have to definitely go out and uh, get some, shoot some pistol and I'll some let you sh- I'll let you shoot my canic. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. Do you see the excitement on my face right now? So fucking, so excited oh, about that. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to have to have a talk about your uh, firearms. You know, I'm actually surprised you didn't say something tonight. I said, <laughs> I'm going to test him tonight. Yeah. I sat down facing the door, and you mm-hmm. had your back to the front door, mm-hmm. and you didn't say anything. I was wondering if that bothered you. No. I outgrew that a long time ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, out, I outgrew that a long time ago. I, I can't outgrow it, I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I'm here first. I'm watching the door. Yeah, no, like I just trust whoever I'm with. If somebody comes in that looks shady, Did you see or, me beady eyeing around. Yeah, maybe? yeah, I saw you. Like your head was on a swivel. You're uh-huh. like you're checking the area, so that was good. But uh, yeah, and plus where we were positioned, there's enough bodies yeah. between us and the door that like we wouldn't have been first targets if, yeah. if somebody came in and started blasting the place. Yeah, up, I was so. curious if you were going if you were going to say anything. Yeah, no. Plus, I always have. I am always armed. So, oh, the so if uh, 
shit breaks off. It's well, look, like, man, it's I ain't going to awesome. walk in there and look at the front door, and I'm not armed. Yeah. It, it, knowing that you were, I'd be like, oh, well, he can watch the front door then. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, back, I, didn't, I did not. Uh, I, I agree that a long time ago. Yeah. And, and and it depends on where I'm at. Like, if I'm yeah. in a. If I'm in a shady area or in a place, well, I don't that, know this area. Yeah. So. If I'm in a place that I don't, that I'm not familiar with, then I'll be a little bit more vigilant about those things. But you know, I agree with that a long time ago. So. Cool. But yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, dude. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I'm, dude. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this yep. for a while. I was like, I'm, yeah. and we get you on the podcast. Yep, so I'm glad. I'm glad that you're finally in town to do it, and I'm excited for uh, next time you come back. Hopefully, the weather will be better, and we can get out and get some. Yeah, shooting for sure. Out. Definitely want to. Yeah. I want to take some long – we don't get long-range shots yeah. back home, like two, 300 yards because we just – it's all trees. So, yeah. I would love to try my try my steel at shooting mm-hmm. something at a good distance. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, no, we've got uh, – there's there's definitely ranges here to get that done for sure. Yeah, I'd like to try that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, where can people find you at? Uh, my Instagram handle is Grizzly River Art. I don't do Facebook. Stupid. Um, but, yeah, Grizzly River Art, like the bear – Grizzly, G-R-I-Z-Z-L-Y-R-I-V-E-R-A-R-T. Yeah, go check. Go check his workout. He's phenomenal and has done amazing stuff for me and is doing amazing stuff for Black Rifle Coffee. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll get out of here. All right, dude. Dude, thanks for thanks for coming out. Thanks for everybody that has joined us on this episode of the podcast. I am so thankful for all my fans, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Peace. That wraps things up with my man, Jonathan, from Grizzly River. Oh, he, what, what, a, what a great dude. What an amazing dude. I can't say enough great things about Jonathan. He's a phenomenal dude. He's a great artist. One of the nicest, kindest, most caring people I know. And just, dude, just authentic. He's just a great fucking Southern gentleman. So, Jonathan, I love you, man. You do amazing things. You are an amazing human. Thank you so much for doing all the amazing artwork you've done for me and everything you continue to do with Black Rifle and your other clients across the industry. And thanks for being on the podcast, man. I can't tell you how much I value you. Okay, folks, that wraps things up for this week. We will catch you on Weapons Free Wednesday next week. Everybody have a great week. We'll catch you then. Peace.